Blog Talk Radio. You want to see my girl? I ain't that dumb. You want to see my girl? Check Maxim. Man, why does every black actor got a rat some? I don't know. All I know is I'm the best one. It's a bonfire. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you mother can talk about. It's a bonfire. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you mother can talk about. You know these rapper dudes talk. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this extra special July 28th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com, live from the Gatorade Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Hyundai. Given all of the international awards it's received, perhaps winning is everything for the 2015 Hyundai Sonata. For more information, check out Hyundai.com. One drive and you'll get it with the 2015 Sonata from Hyundai. Hyundai, the official automotive sponsor of the NFL. Greetings and celebrations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzakanatics hanging out in the chat room and listening around the world. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is, of course, the original Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we have the final episode of six extra special episodes for you this season. It's the Pro vs. Joe's Purple Drank League Number 6 draft tonight and we will be covering it for you for 120 minutes that's two hours if you want to follow the live draft board you can do so at youtube.com slash high stakes fantasy football as well the stream is up there you can follow along pick by pick there and listen to us live here so you will have to show that you are an expert in multiple tab browsing tonight to get maximum enjoyment for this show. Shout out to the chat room right now. Henry Mudo, Mint, Redneck, Shane Hallam, Fantasy Mojo, all hanging out in there already as we kick off the first round of the Purple Drank League. If you have any questions for uh, tonight's drafters in there or for me or for Dave, definitely post them in the chat room. You can also connect with us on Twitter at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, and at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And of course, the FedEx inbox is highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you want to give us a call tonight, 347-426-3682. That's 347-TEAM-OVA. I'm looking at you, pros and Joes drafters. We want to hear from you tonight. Tell us what you're thinking. Tell us your strategy. Maybe make a pick on the air. That's always enjoyable for everyone involved. Our producer is our mutual friend, Rob, and our audio engineer is Bryce. They are working very hard tonight. Overtime, as this is, what is, what is now? We're, we're at, uh, I think, 14 hours of radio in less than two weeks with our normal show that we do right here on blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF every Friday night at 10, 9 central, Dave. It's been a whirlwind of fantasy football nirvana the past couple of weeks here with pros versus Joes. I'm loving it, Balky. I've actually, I could actually do this for uh, one more week, maybe. Yeah, I could do it for about one more hour. <laughs> and uh, and that is about my maximum uh, yeah, kudos, on that tonight. Kudos to those guys who can do that on SiriusXM day in and day out for three hours. Yeah, no. God bless them. God bless them. Uh, you know, I, I think it's fantastic the way that they do, you know, whatever it is, four hours of radio every single day without any commercials. 
<laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yes, they have plenty of commercials. And they have commercial breaks. We don't really have that luxury tonight. Sometimes they can get a little bit on the boarding side, too. One of those guys on SiriusXM that uh, we really appreciate is drafting tonight. But why don't you give us the entire rundown of tonight's competitors, Dave? All right, Bucky. I think um, I think I, I got the pronunciations right this time. We shall see. All right. So number one, Michael Rothstein is a Joe. We have Jeff Manns from Fancy Alarm out of the two spot. I thought you were going to do the friend of the show. Little he is a friend of the show. Side, yeah, side you can thing. hear him on SiriusXM. He's a good guy. Drafts in the main event every year. Christian uh, Barney Newkirk out of the three spot is a Matt Schaff from DraftSharks.com is a pro. Former co-host of this show. Lance Shoup is a Joe out of the five spot. Uh, Gary Davenport from FantasySharks.com is out of the six spot. Tom Williams is a Joe out of the seven spot. John Hansen from FantasyGuru.com, former league champ in this uh, last defending year. Defending league champion, yes. yes. Sorry, defending. Uh, he's out of the eight spot. John Friedline out of the nine spot. Our buddy Mike Nazarek out of the 10 spot from FF Mastermind. Who you can actually hear on our show Friday night. He's going to be our guest at 10-9 Central. Craig Mastro is a Joe out of the 11 spot. And Scott Pienowski from Yahoo.com blesses us out of the 12 spot. So those are tonight's pros and Joes. This is the final league once again for those of you who are not familiar with this format it is a 28 round best ball format and one of these teams whoever wins this league most points at the end of week 16 will be getting a free 2016 ffpc main event entry so they will be drafting live for three hundred thousand dollars next year or online but let's face it it's more fun live uh, if you guys want to uh sign up for any drafts we have going on right now there's a football guys draft that uh, we just posted tonight three hundred fifty dollar entry fee. You can draft to win three hundred and fifty. Excuse me, three hundred thousand dollars. It goes off at eleven o'clock tonight. We have seven teams still available in that. Seven left. Seven yeah. left in that. So sign up for that. And last four go pretty fast. You have a celebrity commissioner in that draft tonight. Actually, two of them because <laughs> the prognosticator is going to do the first half, and I'm going to do the second. So very exciting stuff. If you want to, guys, want to jump in, and if you can't draft tonight, myffpc.com. Go there. Ton of online stats. Ton of football guys drafts. Ton of ancillary stuff. If you want to draft live in Vegas as well. Enough of the sales pitch. Let's go to the draft board, Dave. Uh, I'm going to kick things off here and start with the 101 for the second night in a row. Michael Rothstein takes Le'Veon Bell. So two nights in a row, Le'Veon Bell is the 101 pick. He got his uh, suspension reduced today. Break bit of breaking news. Do -do 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 My question is this: the Sabic brothers. Yeah. Do they have some sort of inside info? Well, I don't think Le'Veon Bell was a bad pick at 101, suspended saying, for three games. I'm not saying it was, but no one else had been doing it. All of a sudden, right. the day before the news comes out, it's kind of like buying before earnings. You know, like you kind of have a little insight. I think they might have known something. You know, stuff like that never happens in New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's honest. Everybody's clean there. Uh, so Le'Veon Bell, two nights in a row, goes to the 101. He gets uh, – let me ask you this, Dave. Now that we know he's only going to be suspended for two games, are you bumping him up? Uh, as far as how high you would take him in the first round if you were drafting, I mean maybe a tad, not as not quite as much as we're making out to be like it's. A, I mean, I guess it's a thirty-three percent reduction. Is that the math? Yes. Or, you know, like is I believe it is. Reduction, whatever. You're losing one one less game, but it's still two out of eight, two out of sixteen, three out of sixteen, whatever. I think it's interesting for you know a, a contest like the FFPC or the Football Guys Players Championship where it is an eleven week regular season. You know, it, with it, this, that's true. With, with this, it's you know again, this is a sixteen week season. No matter what happens, it's you know uh, total points. But when you have that sprint, that eleven week sprint, that's that's significant. That that he's going to be back um, for that third game. And you know who that third game is against? I don't. It is against our Green Bay Packers. 
Well, see, so he would have only had 50 rush. He'll have like 50 rushing yards and uh, no touches, no, no, no catches. Well, I, I don't know. I think it's completely opposite. He might <laughs> only awesome. he might only have 50 rushing yards, but he might have like 10 catches that game That's too. If, I mean, it could be a t type of you know a, a shootout type game. I'm sure it will be. It'll be high. I'm sure he'll have a great thing. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really significant. And I think that's another big thing that that nobody's talking about with the suspension is is that he gets that third game back, uh, which is, you know, I don't know what the total on that game would be. It'd probably be around 50 or so. It's gotta be, I bet it's gonna be 52, something yeah. like that. With both uh, both high scoring offenses. When's the last time, Dave, you noticed in a draft where we have back-to-back -back teammates go at the 101 and the 102? Because that's what happened tonight. Antonio Brown goes to Jeff Manns from fantasyalarm.com. Steelers uh, all over the place in the top two spots tonight. Nice. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. And I think I talked about this on the show a, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe last week, um, that I don't think I've ever seen two go in the top three before. Now we're talking about back-to-back. -back. I mean, that's craziness. That is crazy. And you know what? It, I mean, the, the insane thing about it is that the offense that's there in Pittsburgh, that can support, you know, both uh, – you know, it can support a lead running back and a lead receiver, no problem. Brown and Bell, honestly, probably should finish as on a points per game basis as the number one running back and as the number one receiver this year, barring injury, of course. But should, I should they should? I mean, because that's that's how they're being drafted. I would say there's probably about a five percent chance of that actually happening. It had to be close last year on a points per game basis. Yeah, probably was, but I'm just saying that you can't say should. You say there's a possibility that it'll happen. Well, it's a possibility. It's so, it so difficult to do. Well, that's why I say should. I'm not saying, look, it's going to happen no matter what. Well, it should, is. should to me seems more like, I know I'm, you know, picking a nits here. A little right. Bit, but. A little bit, but no, the point is made. You're right. Um, but I think it's higher than 5%. I don't think so. yeah. well, well, okay. Where does big Ben finish if that happens among quarterbacks? Uh, Three. Who cares? Uh, so, okay. So if, oh, do we have a, do we, are we, are we going to start doing, I got 500 bets with odds. Uh, I don't think we could. I'll give you fifteen. Rob, give Rob you 15 is fifteen to one for five bucks. Rob is vigorously shaking his head uh, at that. Fifteen to one for five dollars. That's like seven and a half percent, eight percent. Fifteen to one. Okay, fifteen to one if they don't finish number one. That, and they you, both have to finish. Yeah, you lay five dollars, and I'll pay you. You know, whatever it is, seventy-five bucks, sixty-five bucks on a points per game basis. Yeah, they both have to finish number one. <laughs> and I get fifteen to one. Yeah. What? What, what is that? <laughs> yeah, seventy-five dollars. So okay, so that would effectively just just destroy any chance I have onward. Well, no, no if, you, if you win, you just crush it because you you, audit, you know you win all that money. You win like fifty. It'd be like winning oh, okay. fifteen bets. Okay, so and like and then if I lose, then it's just be like you winning one bet. Yeah, you give me five dollars. Okay, all right. You know what, Dave? I will do you that. Want to do it? Let's so do it. I so I'm I got five on both Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell finishing as on a points per game basis as the number one running back and number one receiver this year. And I have I'm laying fifteen to one that that's not going to happen. We are betting real money. Yep. And this is illegal. Yep. And if the government wants to come after us for it, do okay, it. For we it. encourage it. Go for it, man. I got five on it. How about you? I got five on it. You always make me sound good. Good old Luna's not making any royalties on that as we play <laughs> it on the show. So, okay, that's very exciting. So, Rob is going to mark that down. I'm excited about this, you know, just cheering for the Steelers in general this year because I, yeah. I plan on having them on a lot of teams, a lot of Steelers. Sure. And it's points per game. So, it's not points, points per game. Yep. So, yeah. So, that's fair. Um, wouldn't it be hilarious if like, I, I shouldn't even say this, but wouldn't it be hilarious if they both, if they both, was that mine? You lost oh, your sheet of paper. I was so excited. I'm, I'm so excited to tell, tell you this. Wouldn't it be hilarious if like 
they both go nuts in the first like their first two games of the year, <laughs> like blow out their ACLs or something. So they both end up averaging like forty-one points per game or something that like that. Cool. What would be cool is if if someone tweaked a knee in the in uh, the beginning of one game. Yeah. All right. I was so excited to make that, Pat. I have to go retrieve my paper from the other end of the Gatorade studio. So go ahead and tell everybody what happened after Antonio Brown went at the one hundred two. All right. So we had Jamal Charles go with a three pick to uh, Barney uh, Newkirk. Uh, Gronk falls to the four pick, which is kind of uh, it's a little bit late for him. Uh, Adrian Peterson also going a little bit late at the five spot to uh, Lance Shoup. Gary Davenport took uh, Port took uh, Eddie Lacy out of the six spot. Odell Beckham has been ranging in that seven ish kind of uh, area yes, he has, yeah, to uh, Tom Williams. Uh, John Hansen, you know, John Hansen, I don't know if he actually timed out, he's got the asterisk, but last year when he won the league, he got uh, timed out with Matt Forte and he was actually <laughs> quite right. irritated about it, I think. <laughs> John, our buddy, what, our buddy what, John, he has a, he has problems logging in sometimes. So I mean, I, you what, know, it's okay. What didn't didn't he? He's take a busy it? man. He has so much stuff going. Did with the direct TV show again this year? Yeah, yeah, year yeah. two of that, very yeah. exciting for him. Didn't he take timed out at Fort, Forte at the one hundred and one? Yeah, it was early. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, it was Forte, and he he was fine with. It. I mean, he he wasn't the most pleased overall because he wanted to actually make the selection. Right, but it worked out for him. Uh, Des goes at the nine spot to John Friedline. Mike Nazarek takes Julio, so we had four straight receivers go there. Uh, Craig Mastro comes back with a running back with Marshawn Lynch. And Calvin pops into the first round at the 112. So the first half of the first round, Dave, again, littered with running backs and Gronk and then Antonio Brown sneaks in there. A lot of receivers on the back back end of the draft. And this is what I've been saying to people basically for the last six weeks of this show is that the 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 characters for round one in that story are the same but they change from episode to episode as far as who's getting the major starring role. This tonight, I would say, is a Jamal Charles draft. This is an Adrian Peterson and Eddie Lacy. This is a running back heavy episode, you know, <laughs> and uh, the receiver's kind of taking a back seat. Uh, but it, oh, it's, I, been, it's been, it's again, it's it's been varied quite a bit. These guys, you know, the, the, the 10, 11, 12 picks, the turns get interesting because some of the guys that are going at those turns have been first round picks as early as like the seven pick overall um as you're about to start talking about some of them i'm sure yeah i mean so we we haven't seen anybody start off as we get rolling on the second round here we haven't seen anybody start off with receiver receiver we do have one team go running back running back but to scott pianowski to pair with uh, calvin johnson he takes cj anderson which you know and this is this drives me nuts too dave because in kentucky where you can at the kffsc where can bid on your draft spots i really like cj anderson this year and he is going like solidly at that turn and that that the end of the first round people are always bidding on that and i know i'm not going to pay the premium to get cj anderson this year it's, it's bidding dollars who cares i i care to Why a certain care because i ran out of bidding dollars like in all my leagues this year there. Well, that's, poor, that's just that's budget that you're over right. bidding on guys. right and so then because i want them and because uh, if I know I'm going to overbid on guys to get them, I need to collect those extra funds. I don't want to be blowing them on yeah, draft spots. Yeah, you spend money pretty wisely just in general life. Why can't you budget your bidding dollars? I don't know. I, I become a different person, you know, in, in fantasy football. The one thing that rings true in both fantasy football and my life, um, I am wildly unsuccessful at both. <laughs> so I, I think that's the one constant I have. C.J. Anderson at the 201. Jeremy Hill sneaks all the way up to the 202 to Craig Mastro's squad tonight. Of course, the Mastrodamus, which uh, I always appreciate that team name whenever I see him in a draft. Arian Foster at the 203. And now we're at Matt Forte going at the 204. Uh, FantasyGuru.com's John Hansen's darling last year misses out on him this year uh, by one pick. So Forte going at the 204. So we see 
a lot of teams going receiver there, and then we see them taking a running back in the second round. So not not so much the stacking as we have seen in the past at the turn right. um, with these pros versus Joe's draft. So that's a little bit varying, uh, varying it up here a little bit. Can we, are we, yeah, we're going here with this next, with the 205, I believe. Uh, that is Jordy Nelson. So John Hansen starts off receiver, receiver there. And then AJ Green and LaShawn McCoy uh, are the next two selections after that. Dave, I was listening to the, uh, I believe it was the On the Couch podcast with Sigmund Bloom, of course, friend of the show, Sigmund Bloom, who's yes. talked to us a couple of times. He drafted in the pros versus Joe's, I believe, this past Sunday. Yep. And we talked to him a lot. He's, he's a big fan of Frank Gore, big fan of Dwayne Allen. You know who uh, who else he is? Well, not who else he's a big fan of. Complete opposite. He says he's not drafting Shady McCoy on any teams this year. Really? Could not. He no said he, he could not envision a scenario where he's drafting McCoy. And I, I tend to agree with him like I, I i wouldn't say there's not a scenario your hatred of buffalo knows no bounds you know and that's the thing it's like in the past like i've always how many years did i draft stevie johnson was he when he was a bill i loved stevie johnson there you know and and uh cj spiller in 2013 i was all over him everywhere and he broke my heart you know it was and, just and then once that florida state quarterback went to the team it just went, to, it's, it's, went it's down, it's right all, down the toilet just awful just <laughs> absolutely awful what was your what were your thoughts about jay Manuel when he first out? i don't really recall you know i don't think you're pretty big on Winston. You do. I know you like. Yeah, Winston, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't recall you being like all gaga about EJ Manuel. I thought you might have even said that you thought it was kind of a reach of a pick. Well, it was interesting because he remember he took over for Christian Ponder at Florida State, and I thought Ponder to me he was like the prototypical right. pro quarterback. Right. And then when Manuel took over, it was just kind of like. Okay, he's just the guy taking over. He's the next guy. He's just the next guy. And I thought he was okay. I mean, he definitely had his moments uh, that season. But in the same way that Devontae Freeman never wowed me, you know, as a running back, he never really wowed me either. I thought he had some pretty good games, but I never really expected much for him as a, and then it, it got kind of exciting when they were talking like oh EJ Manning could be taken in the first round and then he was the first quarterback taken he in that draft like 16th like 12th right? I want to well, say like it, it was, was it, it seemed like it was a shock to everyone it was yeah like, EJ Manuel whoa you really know, like, bizarre pretty early and I think part of the reason that you didn't hear me talk about him a whole lot is because as far as pros go I never really thought that he was going to be a great one so it's like why pimp him up now I'll talk about Jameis Winston and what a big fan of uh, him I am as a football player because I think he is going to be a very successful uh, pro quarterback in the NFL. Maybe not year one, uh, but he certainly has the tools to uh, to do some damage in year one. I think he can get a big step from year one to year two. So you will hear me talk as, about James Winston. As much as I rag on Winston for his personal issues, I actually do agree. You know, that's, compl that's completely separate. Well, it, it makes for good entertainment. It does make for, yes, for good me. entertainment. I just, I'm I not, I don't draft for morality. In, in fantasy, I, I don't. I have no problems drafting Adrian Peterson because of the way he treated his kids. To me, those are like, that's a separate, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, my fantasy not results are not graded on that. So I just, I separate it. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree mostly with that. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> DeMarco Murray was the next selection to Lance Shoup, the uh, 208 uh, tonight, Dave. And then Justin Forsett, the former ascendant semifinalist Forsett. No longer us uh, ascended semifinals. Let's Jesus. By the way, Justin. What? Because he's ascended. Yeah, he's already ascended. <laughs> Justin Forsett is a big Christian. Actually, I follow him on Twitter, and he always puts out. He like I think he puts out a Bible verse every night at the end of the night. He's like, oh, the verse for tonight is thus. Of course, then his Twitter's so short, he just gives it to you. Like I'm supposed to look it up. Yeah, go dust off the Bible out of you don't the, have out your, the back room. <laughs> you don't have the Bible app on your iPhone. 
Oh, they have them. Oh, that's like they one of the it's one of the most downloaded free apps. Right. It's like number twenty. It's in the early twenties. You know what? Maybe that's that's a good one. Yeah. I might actually have to download. Do you know? Even, you know, if I get really drunk some night, I'm like, you know, my head's in the toilet. I'm yeah. like, God, please, I'm never drinking again. Yeah. I, I can I can open it up. And you can open it up and uh, don't let me be hungover. Right. Exactly. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I, he works in mysterious ways, Dave. <laughs> yeah, true that. So after. Uh, Justin Forsett at the 209, the uh, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Feelers, which is uh, Barney Newkirk's team. Oh, that's his team. Yeah, he takes Randall Cobb and uh, CJ Spiller and Andrew Luck finish off the second round. And turn, yes, <laughs> T.Y. Hilton goes <laughs> once again the turn yeah. at that 2-3 spot. That's uh, the second time we've seen the Luck. Yeah, we have. We saw it, uh, the very first pros versus Joe's draft we did this year. Uh, draft number one. I can't remember who had the number one pick in that, but he also went Luck and Hilton yeah. in that draft. So, so he's got Le'Veon, Luck, and Hilton. That's an interesting start there. And then as we move uh, forward in the third round, Emmanuel Sanders all the way up at the 302. Aaron Rodgers quickly off the board at the 303 to Barney Newkirk as well. Uh, Dave, if I was to ask you, which pick stands out to you most in the second round? What one would you say? Um, because it's to me, it's glaring. I think Jeremy Hill at the uh, the two hundred two is that was surprising. That was surprising. Is one, and yeah. I, I do think Foster actually he fell a tad. But do you have a different one? Look at the two eleven. Jeff Mans, FantasyAlarm.com, ah, taking CJ Spiller this at the two eleven. This, this year's Ben Tate. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, Jeff Mans last year took. Uh, ben Tate in the fourth round, I, I want to say. I didn't even notice Spiller, actually, so I, yeah. totally, I totally botched that. That's all right. But uh, he took Ben Tate in the fourth round last year, and we kind of had that cluster of Cleveland running backs where it was you know, Tate, and then they drafted Terrence West, and they signed Isaiah Crowell, you know, and he was a big believer in Tate. And, you know, give Jeff Mann's credit, he stuck to his conviction convictions of, of what he believed would happen during the season. So he took Tate in the fourth round. We probably could have got him a little bit later. Yeah, like three rounds. Right. And uh, it didn't really work out. And then once again this year, he's taking Spiller in, in the second round because he's a believer. Obviously, he's a believer in how many receptions that he's going to get in that offense. And to me, I think that this is less of a reach when you get Spiller at the 211 as opposed to Tate at the fourth round last year. Well, if he was going to take Spiller, I mean, the only thing he could have done other than taking him at the 211 is the 302. So kind of what's the difference? I mean, he wasn't getting him in the fourth because where did, Spiller's been going in like the late third, right? Yeah, again, it's it's the whole he's not making it back to me yeah. in the third. So, I, I you know, I'm I need okay. to take him now. Yeah, or okay. not, not he could have taken him in the third. But, That's what I mean. That's why I said right. 302. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, you know, I think it's interesting. He might have been able to wait. But again, if he's not – if he doesn't like, you know – He's not taking Emmanuel Sanders in the second round. Well, that's the thing is both those players, he's not getting the fourth and fifth. So he, if he, if those are the two guys he's going to take, he's got to take one of them in the second. Right. Yep, exactly. So he has a Brown Spiller Sanders start. And I will say, I don't think anybody else has had that start in pros versus Joe's so far. That is that's definitely right. a first. So I'm ripping on those picks either. You oh, know yeah, what? No, yeah, you are. I'm ripping on the Sanders pick. You know, like you know Jeff, man. So why not talk some crap? Yeah, I, I have no problem uh, with uh, – with stating my feelings on Emmanuel Sanders in the third round, no matter who takes him, I, I, I will find somebody better. Didn't Dodds take him last night? Uh, I thought he didn't. You didn't see anything that Dodds no, did. You didn't have the guts did. to talk no, to he, Dodds. No, he took him in the late third round, but you know, I'll tell you why I didn't. 
was yeah, because it was David Dodds. Well, no, 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 no. Well, yes, but <laughs> no, the, there was a lot of other picks that I wanted to talk to him about. And we just never sort of, cause I've talked about people are so sick of me dogging a man, Emmanuel yes, Sanders and Carlos Hyde yes, on this show. So I'm, I, I'm done with I it. I just feel like you can do it more with Jeff Mans because not that you don't know David Dodds, but you've had more, you know, you've been on the air with, uh, with Jeff Moore. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at the 303, Aaron Rodgers, Frank Gore at the 304 to Matt Shelf. So we saw Jared Smola from draftsharks.com take a bunch of running backs, you know, to start his draft off. Look what Matt Schaus doing. Tight end, running back, running back here. So he takes score at the 304. Jimmy Graham, Dave, all the way down at the 305 to Lance Shoup. Maybe the latest we've seen Graham yeah. go. To me, he's been in the second round solidly in every single draft in the pros versus Joes, every single draft I've commissioned so far, except for one draft. So I'm going with the 112. Yeah, I've seen him going in the early second, even. So that yeah. was a, I mean, that's a. I mean, I'm not going to say if he's going to be fantastic, but I mean, just based on ADP, it's fantastic value. You look at the first three picks for Lance Shoup. You have Adrian Peterson, a guy who's been going at the 101 in most of the drafts I've seen. You have a guy in DeMarco Murray who absolutely crushed leading NFL in rushing last year. And he goes in the earlier second a lot of times. And he usually, a lot of times, sometimes in the late first. And then Jimmy Graham, a guy who's always in the second round, falls to Lance Shoup at the 305. Now, part of the reason for that is because Spiller and Sanders usually aren't going, you know, <laughs> be, before that selection. And we've seen Forsett go later than that. So I think that, you know, there's something to be said uh, for those picks there. Shoop's got to be happy. He's, he's got to be he's like, I can't believe this. He's got to be very happy thus far. We'll see what he does. He was probably thinking, he's, you know, in the, in the, the second round pick, he's like, gosh, should I take DeMarco Murray or Jimmy Graham? Yep. But Jimmy Graham, I'll take DeMarco Murray, fine. Yep. And then he, Graham kept falling and falling and falling. And it, it just made it to him. Like, he could, couldn't believe it. Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani already chiming in in the chat round. Peterson, DeMarco, Jim Graham, very strong start. Yeah, I totally agree. Who was the Don't screw uh, it up. Don't screw it up. Please. Who was the 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 preacher that got into the trouble? Graham was it? Jim Graham, Billy Graham, Billy Graham. That's who it was. He got into trouble, right? I don't know. Or Jim Baker wasn't wasn't he another one? <laughs> Jim Baker was the other the evangelical. He was the one who was on church we're, chat. Uh, we're talking about SR. a lot of like we talked about the Bible, and now we're talking about right. Yeah, so yeah, which is weird because you and I are a wife that had a lot of makeup, right? Yeah, and you and I are both Buddhist, so it's weird that we're talking about this on the show. I'm I'm Hindu as well. Oh well, I didn't know you could both. (laughs) It's the same thing. But I guess it is 2015. (laughs) You know, I I don't want to judge. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is the selection after uh, Jimmy Graham Jeffrey going to uh, Gary Davenport from Fantasy Sharks at the 306. Melvin Gordon and Mark Ingram, a couple of running backs, are the next selections. And then we see three straight receivers, Andre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, and Mike Evans uh, falls all the way to Craig Mastro at 311. He has to be happy with that. And then Lamar Miller is where we're at right now. He goes at the 312 to Scott Pianowski. Dave, let's talk about that Mike Evans pick because he's a guy, as much as we we say uh, uh, turn yes, and goes at the 212 or 301 in all these drafts. Mike Evans usually follows him right after that. He falls almost a full round tonight. That is interesting. I don't know what the reasoning is behind it, if it's just sort of an outlier type draft or, or what, but uh, that to me strikes uh, strikes me as, as very significant value in the late third there. I agree with that. Um, you know, when you see Hopkins has been going in the fourth, and some, sometimes even a tad bit later, early fifth, and then Emmanuel Sanders, like we said, gets pushed up. And sometimes Rodgers goes in the fourth. So, I mean, those are three picks right there that generally go later. So, I mean, I, I'm still surprised you went quite that quite that far down. Yeah, it, it is a little bit surprising. The rest of the third round, I would say, you know, the Sanders pick kind of struck me as um, 
a little early. Uh, the grand pick was late to me. Uh, I don't, you know, Thomas Glaze, I think, was just in the chat talking about uh, Melvin Gordon uh, going at the 307. That doesn't strike me as that uh, big of a reach. Mark Ingram, I, I usually, I'm trying to think. I don't think I normally see him in the mid-third. He seems like more of like an early to mid-fourth round pick, but I could be wrong because right. it, Gordon's been going in the late third to a number of these teams. Yeah. Like, I, it, I, not that it, I mean, it could be a two. And I, apo I apologize to Thomas Glaze if I was misconstruing that comment. I, I thought that's what he said. I, I can only flash back and, you know, flash forward so much. So uh, Jordan Matthews, the first pick of the fourth round here uh, to Scott Pianowski from Yahoo.com. Andre Ellington to Craig Mastro as his number three running back at the 402 tonight. Dave. We're, so, kind of, we're, we're keeping up. Thanks to we're doing kind of a slow start. We're doing pretty good. These guys are, um, you know, the the advantage that they have in, in drafting with the final pros versus Joes, they have the most information to work with. with uh, I'm sure none of these guys checked out the other You days. don't know that, uh, and but certainly they have the possibility to do it. So now when you can crunch all those numbers, maybe it's a little bit of paralysis by analysis when you're on the <laughs> clock and you're overthinking it a little bit too much. I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe these guys are just very deliberate drafters that, that know what they want to do. They just want to kind of double check everything. And I, 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 maybe they're I have the no toilet. problem with maybe that. They're getting a drink or something. They, they could be, they're all competing for the right to play $300,000 at Caesars palace next year. Uh, season for we the 2016. We are not at Caesars Palace for next season. Well, in, in Las fact, Vegas or online. Not going to be at Caesars. Palace. Really? Yeah. I got five on it. No, I'm not. <laughs> just kidding. Why do you say that? Um, I just, I, I do just, they do they have something there already? No, because that happened a couple of years ago. No, they don't. Not, that did happen a couple of years ago. I just have a feeling we're headed somewhere else. I mean, it's just kind of the general vibe. Alex, Alex is the booking agent for the live right. events. Yeah, but um. So that's just our general general feeling I'm getting. Now, breaking news on the yeah. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Yeah. We like, you know, Caesars is great. They've always been really nice to us. I've always had a great working. time there. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's fantastic. I love the Bacchanal Buffet. Oh, that buffet is great. No boo. Leroy goes Another to the Bacchanal Buffet and he grabs like a rack of ribs like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he's grabbing the whole thing. where The piece with the bone in it. Yeah, like the, the, whole, the whole stone car falls over with the ribs. Yeah, well, that's what Leroy grabs at Bacchanal Buffet. We'll have to keep everybody posted on the uh, FFPC newsletter about that. But we will be at Caesars this year, and it is going to be a blast coming up for uh, week one of the NFL season. Buffet's open. The buffet is open, and so is the main event. If you wanted to uh, pick up a, a team or two, uh, we're definitely still taking signups for that. Way to pop that ad in there, boss. I'm just saying, if you want to pay for your team in full, you're going to know where you're picking by August 19th. So that is uh, definitely a plus. Check that out at myffpc.com. Greg Olson, the 403 selection. He is the third tight end off the board. He goes to Mike Nazarick uh, tonight in the fourth round. Dave, kind of interesting because I think this is the, it's either the second or third PBG, PBJ draft in a row that Olson has gone before Kelsey, which strikes me as weird because Kelsey is the young you know, unknown ceiling young guy Yeah. Uh, that, you know, that, that should be hyped up, that is getting hyped up, that should be going higher. And I don't know if these guys are just being a little bit more conservative, conservative and, and taking more proven, we know what he's going to be type tight end over him. I'm not sure. What do you make of that, of Olsen going ahead of Kelsey now? I mean, personally, I, I would probably be more inclined to take Kelsey. But, and uh, I'm sure Mike Nazareth, when he calls him, will have a great explanation for it. And Olsen is a great study Eddie type player. I thought Kelsey was a fantastic value for the fourth round. I mean, he actually won, I think, last night in the early third, which just goes to show that 
the, really the ADP at this point, as you're just heading into training camps or just opening, it's still totally all over the place. Yeah, that's very true. Russell Wilson is the third quarterback once again off the board at the four, uh, excuse me, 404 to John Friedline. Uh, Todd Gurley, we're going to talk about him on Friday, Dave, but he goes at the 405. He is not, I repeat, not going to be on the NFI list to start training camp, which means they announced that. Yes, he is ineligible to be popped at the start of the regular season, which means they. He, if he's going to be inactive for the first six games, he'll be a game day inactive because he cannot that's be popped. Pretty, so that they decided that they're not putting him on the they six. Are, they are not. That's really, that's great news. Very for significant uh, for Gurley owners too, yeah, especially those who may have used the 101 <laughs> pick on him in, in a rookie draft in, in the Blake Harrington League. So I was really happy to nice. see that. And I, I feel like as much as we've seen his draft style kind of decline over the last couple of nights. And again, this is incredibly small sample sizes that we're talking about here with, you know, two kind of random, you know, half pros, half Joe's drafts. I mean, yes. that's not exactly how it always works out. Two, two drafts is not statistically significant. Right. But he was going like the sixth round of those, right. of those drafts. Uh, so, and, and now he's being pushed up to the fourth. And I don't really necessarily have a problem with this now, given this news today. I don't. I normally don't get too swayed with a lot of the preseason news. This, I think, is very significant and worth talking about. I agree. I mean, you know, he's a guy that got drafted tenth, tenth overall. He was number player. ten. I mean, that's incredible for running back in this day and age. So I mean, he he has the AP type comparisons, and I think they're valid. I love Gurley. I mean, and this should actually push Trey Mason down. So to me, it makes it more more of a reason to take early because you can take early and it can, and as long as you don't have a couple of idiots in your draft that take Mason too early, <laughs> he should drop and you can pick him up without too much of a cost. That's going to be interesting to see where Mason gets drafted tonight. Cause he might just be among the, the rest of the cuff track, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we could see him fall to tonight. Uh, I, I am starting to be, since I read that today, I'm like, okay, I need to reevaluate what I want to do now in the third, fourth rounds of drafts, because I think Gurley, I don't think I would take him in the second, but I think a month from now I'll be considering him in the third round because I think that's where he might be going if the preseason is going swimmingly for him. Did there, was it in the news? You know, because I haven't really been paying much attention. So right. did they mention him getting? He's not getting any preseason action really at all, right? Just, we don't. We, we don't know yet. Right? We, nothing. There's doesn't sound probably doesn't sound like. I can't. I I can't believe they would put him at risk in the preseason for a significant workload because this is the guy they want toting the rock for him during the season when the games actually matter. And the fact that he's coming off an ACL, there's no reason to rush him and uh, put him in harm's way too much in the preseason. Certainly you want him to get his feet wet and you want him to, uh, you know, taste the NFL field and know what it's going to be like. But I I can't imagine we're going to see a ton from him on the preseason, much, much more to come on Todd Gurley that you can listen to on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour going forward. Let's move on with this draft. Kelvin Benjamin, the selection after him at the 406, and then the aforementioned Travis Kelsey goes to Gary Davenport at the 407. Julian Edelman and Keenan Allen are the next two receivers off the board, kind of where they've been going for most of these drafts, I would say, mid to late fourth. Latavius Murray, Joseph Randall falls all the way to the 411 to Jeff Manns as his number two running back. And Michael Rothstein, Allen Robinson at the 412, Martavis Bryant at the 501, holy hype Batman. He's hitting the hype machine, baby. I love it. I don't know if I've seen Robinson in the fourth before. That's, I mean, it's the fourth. Oh, man. It's still the fourth. 
<laughs> I mean, I know I've seen him in the fifth. I guess that's that's my thinking. I, I, I know he's been a fifth-round pick. I don't think I've seen him in the fourth. Um, well, much the same way, like I said, look, C.J. Spiller went in the second. Well, it was a 211. Well, yeah, I haven't seen him go in the second, though. Like, all I've right. seen him go in the third. Fair uh, and then Martavius Bryant rising all the way to the 501. We're going to talk a lot about Martavius Bryant on Friday, so I don't want to get Martavius. I don't. Did I say Martavius? Yep. Oh, my gosh. You're inclined to. It's because everybody else says Martavius. Because so. his parents named him incorrectly. I don't. I will there not is, speak to that. How many more Martavises are there in the world? Look, my Buddhist, six, my six? Buddhist, my Buddhist background refuses to allow me to comment on Go, such matters about parents naming their children. Go to Google and type in Martavis and see how many people come up. Like there'll be like six people. Uh, so the I, I again I would disagree with Martavis that. Martavius is kind of cooler too. It is a cooler name. So look at that wide receiver core: T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robinson, and Martavis Bryant. A lot of big plays there be a lot of like really a ton of targets there too and then you combine that with the number one running back and number one quarterback that is an interesting way to construct your team uh in the first five rounds as well what <laughs> jeff Manns has got to call in i mean drew Brees is going in the eighth round he takes him at the 502 that was that was shocking to me <laughs> drew, drew Brees at the 502 there's been god bless you jeff man you're the best <laughs> god bless you jeff man is a saying, great team yeah. uh so he takes drew Brees at the 502 and we that's okay in Jeff Mann's defense, Dave. We've been saying Breeze in the eighth round is crazy. Like he should be getting pushed up higher than that. Correct. And I, you know, again, if if you really want Breeze, uh, you know, there is a chance he doesn't make you back to you in the sixth. I if think you're, really, you're thinking. If, if you really want Breeze, you don't normally have to pay for him anyway. I well, that's <laughs> yeah. So I, I I probably would not have have gone that way, but okay. that's that's interesting that he is Breeze and Spiller, the running game, and then uh, yeah. So what do you think the odds? We've talked about this before. What do you think the odds are that uh, Breeze makes would have made it back to the six eleven, like ninety three percent? Uh, eighty something. I wouldn't say put it in the nineties, okay. but <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I'm not planting my flag on Drew Breeze, so I would not have taken him there. I, it would have been one of those an things. Interesting comment. It's what what planting my flag on Drew Breeze. What does that mean? Nothing. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what you mean. Is this going back to the whole Jimmy Graham love just, affair thing? I don't know, man. Just let's just let's move on. That's so terrible. Planting your flag, by the way, is an Evan Silva uh, thing from Roto World, where he says, um, "I'm Evan Silva's biggest fan. I know what he says." Okay. Well, I wouldn't, don't have to explain it to you, but I will We're explain pals. it to the listeners that uh, Evan Silva, when after the draft, um, and sort of we we kind of knew what these NFL teams would be. He came out and said, he's like, okay, now it's as analysts, it's us for, to start planting flags on these players. Yeah, you like, know, like this is the guy, this is my guy. This is my guy. I'm staying away from this guy, you yeah. know, but but to have an opinion and, and clarity on what you believe in, you That's know, going good. forward. Cool. So, yes. So Drew Brees at the 502, the aforementioned Drew Brees. Giovanni Bernard is the third running back taken by Barney Newkirk at the uh, 503. Jonathan Stewart to Matt Schauf at the 504. Peyton Manning and Alfred Morris will take us up currently to where we're at. Peyton Manning is the fifth quarterback tonight. He goes to Lance Shoup at the 505. QBs are getting pushed up in this draft. They definitely are. Alfred Moore, another reason why you would take Drew Brees there at the 502. <laughs> Alfred Morris is another the third. Reason why I keep waiting on quarterback. Is the third. See, now that that makes no sense to me. No, that, it totally does make sense. Why would you keep waiting on quarterback if they're getting pushed up? Because they're always deep. Now, for me, I I, I guess. My Alex Smith-Flacco-Gino combo is going to be dynamite. Probably. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, we kind of talk about who is, who do we have on last night? Kevin Cole, when he was talking about the zero running back theorem of that, uh, Sean Siegel from Rotoviz sort of, you know, put out last year, how he won the NFFC primetime title. Um, 
So you have to mention you have to mention this other you mentioned NFFC. Hey, we've won the NFFC primetime title, so I can't if I'm going to give props to Sean. Yeah, we can. You know, we were. He was talking about pointing the trophy last night. Did you point point to that? No, but I kind of took a look at it. (laughs) That's funny. So um, anyway, he said, you know, it's one thing for these guys to say, "Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start my draft off with no running backs in the first five rounds." But then when it comes down to it. Few people have the quote unquote cojones <laughs> to execute it because they feel naked without a running back right. there. You know, so I think much in the same way, if you're not used to waiting on quarterback, it's one thing to say like, okay, 28 rounds, I'll be fine with Alex Smith. I'll be fine with Joe Flacco. I'll be fine with James Winston or, or whoever it is late. Right. But it's another thing to actually like when you're on the clock, like, oh my God, yeah. you know, to freak out and, and not, I'm not saying it's a panic pick. No. But I'm saying it's it's difficult to do if it's not something you're normally accustomed to do. Especially when you look at if you're gonna wait on quarterback sometimes, or if you're willing to take a good quarterback fairly early with fifth, sixth round, you know, you, you see some of these running backs and receivers out there and they're garbage. I mean, like comparatively to Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, you're like, God, why would I take Carlos Hyde? Why would I take this player right um over Drew Brees? I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever instinctively, but mm-hmm. in fantasy circles, it, it makes a lot of sense. By the way, in the fifth round, we're going to be talking about a receiver. He has fallen like I can't believe how far he fell in this draft. Um, we uh, we should also point out that Darren Armani has posted in the chat that uh, Ted Schuster, when he drafted, was he in the first draft? I think he yeah. might have been the first one. Yeah. Uh, when he drafted, he also selected C.J. Spiller and Joseph Randall nice. on his team as well. Using the same cheat sheet. Uh, they could be. It's almost like they have an advice site that uh, – <laughs> They they are living by their rankings. Which, they have, yeah, they must have gotten advice from the, the guy who won it last year. Right. And again, uh, Ted Schuster and Jeff Manns just won $100,000 playing fantasy. So yeah, and daily. And baseball, but whatever. <laughs> so those guys, those guys are great players. Yeah, they are. I love Ragnar, very, I very talented. Very, very. And they're fun to hang out with. And, you know, Don Erickson had them in the first FFPC uh, uh, short documentary. Really? Out yeah. at, uh, at season, or was that at the Rio that year? Might have been at the Rio. Where we had no, no, it was at Caesars. The, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he, uh, you know, Ted Schuster, Corey Parson, and Jeff Manns were all in that. And uh, I'll tell you what, if those guys weren't enough to make that an award-winning film, I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what the voters were thinking. Yeah, it's going to be competing against the uh, the lava story, the Pixar thing versus Don Erickson in, in the Oscars. Yeah, th- I think that's uh, that was interesting too. We had Austin Lee draft last night in the Pros versus Joes uh, with Alex Miglio, of course. Those guys from FootballGuys.com. And uh, Austin Lee works for Pixar, and he, as you pointed out, he had his name as uh, uh, you know, He's as one the of the credits. people who worked on what was it called, the Lava, a Lava story, a Lava it was story, like a six or seven minute short. Right. I'm just assuming everyone listened to last night's broadcast. They're tuning I know. In again. I, you, I, you don't have to tell them. Again. It's, but I mean, we're bringing in different audiences with every one of these shows. So I, I kind of like. Um, to, it's you very know, to good. If, that if, you, if, if you don't start to, uh, if you don't tear a little bit at the end. You don't have a heart, man. A lot of people don't know that we have a cavalcade of celebrities in the studio, like my good friend uh, Adolf here. Adolf, say hi. <laughs> yeah, but people don't know this yeah. if, if they don't normally participate uh, in, in listening to the show. So, uh, Alfred Morris is the selection to Gary Davenport at 506. Andre Johnson, right after that, is the fourth receiver. Wow, four receivers now, for Tom Williams. Andre's been going in the third in some of these drafts, yeah. right? Is this the one that you that, wanted to talk about yeah, slipping? That's, that's really deep. That is a fan, fantastic pick uh, to get Andre Johnson at the 506. Look at those receivers, Dave. That's, you know, he, OBJ, yeah. AJ Green, Kelvin Benjamin, and Andre Johnson. 
Yeah, three good ones. Oh, who's <laughs> you're, you're not including Benjamin? I'm just messing around. But Target yeah. Hog Kelvin Benjamin catches like 80% of the ones thrown to him. You get all those targets thrown to you, man. It's <laughs> that, that can work out. Carlos Hyde is the selection to fantasyguru.com's Hanson. Jason Witten is the fifth tight end off the board at the 509 to John Friedline. Uh, TJ Yeldon, the selection right after that, as the number two running back for Mike Nazarick. Martellus Bennett is the 511, and Golden Tate the final pick of the fifth round. Dave, we're, we're seeing this as two consecutive nights. Carlos Hyde slips to the fifth round. Yeah, he's falling. He's falling. And, you know, he actually, I believe, got placed on the preseason pop or the NFI list or whatever today. What's NFI? NFL? It's like some... some it's uh, not injured reserve. No, no, no. It's, it's, like, it's like, I think that's like the preseason pops. Chat room or and or Rob. Hey, Somebody if, clear this up. And most importantly, if you're in Dynasty... Don't stick those guys on injured reserve, man, because it's not the same thing. And don't right. email me and don't ask me about it because you can't do it. Right. Injured reserve, we all know what it is. Yes. What these so, guys are being placed on is not the injured reserve. You know what? 97.5% of the people email me about an injured reserve question. Right. The answer is no, you can't do what you're asking me to do. Right. Yeah. They're always like, uh, can I put Justin Blackman on injured reserve? Is he hurt? No. He's an alcoholic. No, you can't put him on injured reserve. You know what I mean? It's like if he's not on the the yeah. team's injured reserve in the NFL, yeah. you can't put him on the injured reserve. It's, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty uh, pretty clear. Yeah, I, I just wanted to go ahead and uh, and put uh, uh, Demarco Murray on injured reserve this week. <laughs> what? He, he's not an injured reserve. Well, no, but he left the game early. Yeah, yeah. His wife's having a baby, so <laughs> I can put him on injured reserve, right? I actually, you know, I'm in a couple of uh, dynasty leagues that have taxi squads. I kind of like that, uh, where you. Where during bye weeks you can put those guys on taxi squads and pick people up, and then but then if you forget to take them off, they can get cut off your team. I've never seen like an elite guy like all of a sudden like AJ Green is on bye and then you forget to pull him off. Right. I've never seen him get like bounced by a commissioner you know, yet, but I'd love to see like a hard ass commissioner do it. I was in a couple of those dynasty leagues with you, and I never put anybody on the taxi squad took, for that reason. It took me three weeks or three years to figure out how to actually do the yeah. taxi squad, and people would keep doing these things. I'm like. Oh, whatever. Yeah, like, like I knew it, but I knew what would happen if I forgot about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to mess around with it. I mean, what I'm, if you get a car accident and you're like in a coma and all of a sudden like – Well, have then I wouldn't care about fantasy. But, and then you come out of it all of a sudden, you know, Des Bryant and AJ Green are not even on your team anymore. Yeah, and zombies are roaming around downtown Atlanta. <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot your, can your happen when you're in a coma. Your memory comes back to you and your, your dynasty team went to crap because um, of a taxi squad. Right, that's would be crazy. What do you make of Jonathan Stewart going to DraftSharks.com uh, match off at the 504 tonight? You think that's a little early? I mean, I, it, it's just really tough for me to get excited about Stewart. He doesn't get goal line carries because the other guys get him like the four or five other options ahead of him. Doesn't really catch a ton of passes, and he's never really been healthy. So I guess you're assuming that literally every single thing has to go right that hasn't gone right in the rest of his, the prior nine years of his career for him to actually be great. I will say uh, I did like the Alfred Morris selection to Gary Davenport in the fifth round. I think that's really good value. Even though he only had one receiver on his team at that time, I think that that was a good value. What? I mean, what are you doing over there? You're like motioning around? You need some more water. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look at this. This is how the pros do right here, Dave. Oh, I think it's – does that have hot? I think I just poured some hot water in here. Be enjoying some hot tap water. We have an ice maker bulky here in the studio, you know. Yeah, I know. It's too far away, so I'm not going to use it. Um. That's all I have to say about the fifth round. Do you mind if I go on to the sixth? 
Oh, please do. Sixth round, 601, Sammy Watkins to Scott Pianowski. Uh, he takes Sammy Watkins as his fourth receiver. We have our first team tonight double up on tight ends. It's Zach Ertz and Martellus Bennett going to Craig Mastro uh, at the 602 and the 511. That turn right there, he gets Bennett and Ertz. Only one receiver on his team thus far. We'll have to see how he fills in the cracks there. It is a good one. Amari Cooper, yeah, good value. Amari Cooper is the selection at 503 to Mike Nazarick. Rashad Jennings goes off the board at the uh, 604. Jarvis Landry, solidly in the sixth round in this draft, 605. To John Hansen, the defending champ, who actually won an entry in the 2015 FFP main event because of his performance in the Pros versus Joes last, uh, last year. Shane Vereen goes off the board two picks after Rashad Jennings, we've seen Vereen go over Jennings before. Tonight, finally everything's right in the world, and the backup is going after the starter. The student has not become the teacher yet. It, it, I swear there's been three drafts that have gotten bookended by another player, right? It seems like it's either Jennings, Blank, Vereen, or Vereen, Blank, Jennings. It just seems like that's the way it's going. So what you're seeing is uh, we've seen a lot of Giants sandwiches <laughs> yeah. with a different filling every time. You know what I think happens is people um, – <clears throat> The person takes either Jennings or Vereen, and then, and then the guy a couple picks away is like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and then the and then they and then the the guy instinctively right like, "Oh, I forgot about the Giants." Yeah, yeah. Game. So the guy yeah. after him makes his pick because it's you know he can't think that quickly. But the the second guy then is like, "Oh yeah, I'll take the other one." Brandon Marshall, I like the value there uh, going off the board to uh, to Gary Davenport um, from uh, Fantasy Sharks. Brandon Marshall going at the 6.07 tonight. Jeremy Macklin, one pick after that. The first Lions running back goes off the board to DraftSharks.com's Matt Schauf at the six, uh, 6.09 pick tonight, and it's Amir Abdullah. Mike Wallace follows that up. And looky here what we have in the sixth round. We always look forward to seeing who Jeff Mann is going to be selecting, and he backs up Randall with McFadden. So he takes McFadden at the 6.11. Again, Dave, Earlier than what we've seen him going, but Mans is uh, going with his gut and making sure he gets his guys. Yes, he sure is. By the way, I'm going to interrupt the broadcast. We yeah. have uh, three teams left in that draft. Oh, my God. That's so totally going to fill. It either starts in 10 minutes or we might push it back 15 to 30 minutes. So that, that one should fill, actually. So if you're bored with how crappy this broadcast is, Go to myffpc.com and grab a football guy's team. So I feel ahead. like this is a strong broadcast, though, that you could draft a team while listening to. I agree. And plus, hopefully someone's going to call in even us more entertaining. I got to I gotta tell you, where else are you going to get live ADP yeah. while you're doing your draft? You are getting the freshest ADP possible. Yeah, it's right in your head right now. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know how – it's like we're catering. We're handing you $300,000 in a silver platter. <laughs> If yeah. that is not good enough for well, you, not just ADP, you get analysis and we tell you what picks were crappy and what we're, yeah, we'll tell you who to pick for yeah. God's sake. Yeah. I mean, this is just, and you know, people are like, oh, Balky, he's so stupid. I hate <laughs> listening to him, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, but that's just what they say in the Bear in mind, inbox. like, like the only reason we get any downloads in July and August is because people know I commission all these FFPC drafts and they're like, well, we're going to go right to the horse's mouth. He can tell me where these players are yeah, going. The, the regurgitator. Yeah. That is a great, great Kentucky team name, the Regurgitator. I'll write that one down. By the way, all about Balky I have on the list now. No, that's the, that yeah. was the one from last Yeah, that's a great one. That is a great one. Darren McFadden at the uh, 5'11 uh, to Jeff Manns, and then Delaney Walker, the final – excuse me, 6'11, and then Delaney Walker, the final selection of the sixth round. And, Dave, 
we got to talk about this next selection here because I don't think we've seen it in any of the pros versus Joe's drafts thus far. It's Devontae Freeman at the 701 to Michael Rothstein as his second running back. Mm -hmm. And you know who's not off the board yet is the other guy. The backup. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> and so the backup goes earlier. I think what we're seeing here is uh, – I wonder if someone's going to say, oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we're gonna get an oh yeah. I'll tell you what, I got five on that guy going this time. I told you, I'm not betting. It's it's gonna happen. Um, I think that that's interesting. That uh, that um, oh, you know, I've just I I was just looking at at tweets and and uh, Brandon Lee who drafted in the pros versus Joe's last night. Yep. Um, just got a mention saying that she did a great job. Her lineup looks great from at Ben Chambers forty one. Yeah, she's she fantastic. She was great. I was hoping that we we're gonna get a tweet live about what Jeff Manns is doing tonight because we're going to talk about his Josh Hill selection here at the 702. His the third saint he's drafted. Okay. So right now he's all, got all saints. He's got a Steeler and a Bronco. Am I looking at this right? A Steeler and a Bronco. Three yeah, Saints that, and two Cowboys. Yeah. So he's he, they're all elite offenses. Believing in the Cowboys running game, believing in the Saints passing game. And you could say, well, Spiller's a running back. Yeah, but I think the big reason that he went in the second round is because Jeff Manns believes he's going to be an elite pass catching running back. I think you include him in the passing game this year. So that is gonna be interesting to see how this team ends up being so Saints heavy. The Saints, Dave, kind of a polarizing offense this oh, year how so? as, as far as fantasy drafters go there's plenty of people on the spiller bandwagon there's plenty of people saying been there done that not going near it there's plenty of people saying drew Brees, man he's still drew Brees. he's going to be a great quarterback there's and then there's other people saying they're shifting more towards a running game i'm not touching breeze for where you have to take him josh hill He's going to be uh, replacing Jimmy Graham. He's going to be 80% of what Jimmy Graham was last year. And then other people are like, what about Ben Watson? Staying away from that Saints, um, you know, tight end situation. Then there's people like, what other red zone target did they have other than Marcus Colson? He's going to catch a dozen touchdowns this year. He's going to be great. He's going to have a great bounce back season. Then you have other people saying, he's 142 years old. I'm not drafting Marcus Colston. Then you have some people saying, Brandon Cooks, man, he's going to catch 90 passes this year, 11 hundred yards, nine or 10 touchdowns. Look at the pace he was on in 2014 before he got hurt. And then you have the other side of the camp saying, Brandon Cooks, he's this undersized guy. He was doing it with smoke and mirrors. Couldn't even make it through a full season last year. It's not going to change in that offense. That's going to be concentrating on the run game. Then you have Mark Ingram. People are like, look at what he did in the second half of the season when the Saints switched to being a power running game. He was crushing it. He looked great after he came back from injury. This is the team that they've become. This is what Ingram's going to do this season. And then I have other people saying it's Mark Ingram. He doesn't catch passes. He's never going to be what everybody wanted him to be. They, they brought in Spiller in the offseason. There's I don't know if there's a more polarizing collection of fantasy players on one team than New Orleans Saints this year. You know what I realized? Yeah. From that entire analysis. You don't need a co-host. You're just I was like just damn well fine I, by I yourself. Conversation with myself. Well, actually, two things. I should have gotten myself a drink, first of all. I should have gone. If I had to go to the bathroom, get a drink, whatever, that was great. You know what? I totally agree with you. Your analysis was correct. Um, it, it was interesting. So what do you think? I th I, I was just going to say, I think that there's there's people that you can have like a group of people and uh, about these, you can take a group of people, like 20 people, and you won't find two people in that group that agree the same on all seven of those guys. You know That's what I true. mean? So, I mean, okay, so let's, so, just, okay. let's break it down a little bit. So you agree, though, that the Saints offense is still going to put up a lot of points. 
Yes. The, the schedule's easy. The division yeah. sucks. Drew Brees is still a great leader. Yeah. So we're going to score a lot of points. Yeah. So someone's, someone is going to get fantasy production. Correct. Guaranteed. Yeah. So now we just have to figure out who it is. Right. Tune in on Friday night and we'll tell you who it is. Are we really going to? You know, we <laughs> haven't, know. We haven't done that this year. Tease, right. We haven't done a Yaman or nine. With any uh, with any teams yet? Maybe on Friday we'll play Yaman or nine with the Saints. There you go. Because I think you and, yeah, you and I I think would fundamentally disagree on more than a couple of them for yeah, sure. Probably. So I think we'll do that. Rob, put that on the schedule. Rundown right now. Book it. Wake up and put down the uh, the Saints Yaman or nine this Friday. Mike Nazarick. Well, maybe we'll ask him uh, a little bit about it as well. Uh, we left off with the Josh Hill selection seven hundred two to fantasy alarms. Jeff Mann's pair of Jacksons go after that. Vincent Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, and then Tito Jackson. Totally weird going right after that. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't Tito Jackson. It was Julius Thomas going to Lance Shoup. And then Ben Roethlisberger. Love that pick uh, at the uh, 706 to Gary Davenport. Joyke Bell is the running back selected by Tom Williams as his number three back in the 11th round. Nelson Aguilar, Roddy White, and Chris Ivory are the three selections. I'm a little annoyed at the next selection that you're going to see too, by the way. Why are you annoyed by it? I'm annoyed. Oh, wow. Okay. So now it's popped up on YouTube. Anquan Bolden and Craig Mastro. I don't like, I'm I'm getting irritating now. Bolden's starting to get drafted up there a little bit more. And what I'm trying to value, the value is disappearing in front of my eyes. I know you're a big, here I am in a broadcast booth instead of in a draft room. Right. Sucks. Well, you couldn't participate in this. Well, I know, but there's, well, I guess I could find some, private backroom illegal drafts to be right lucky. with uh worm and mike mcd <laughs> exactly with uh, a bunch of college kids up in binghamton yeah some uppity <laughs> college punks the cops playing fantasy football with their play- paychecks yeah exactly uh anyway uh, uh, i was i was doing some time I'm, i i met this guy yeah oh oh that's a hell of an elk that's what he says when he walks <laughs> yeah. i was winning before this guy got here <laughs> yeah I need to see what's yeah. Mike. Mike, you should have played those Kings, Mike. <laughs> um, Anquan Bolden, at what point? Because you're a big fan of him this year, as you are every year. At what round would you not take him? Would you take him? You wouldn't take him in the fifth round. No, I mean, fifth and sixth. Not I think I, seventh is sort of like where the rest you would take him. Yeah, I mean, because not that I don't think he's worth it. I think right. he is actually worth it. It's just that it's getting philosophically, I'm getting annoyed because he's still super old. I mean, he's old. Right. And the team's not that good, so don't take them. <laughs> Mike Evans and Anquan Bolden are the two receivers on Craig Mastro's team so far. He's got an interesting little squad going there. Craig Mastro drafts in a lot of uh, satellites and a lot of um, football guys drafts uh, with the FFPC, so he's well-versed on where players are going, which to me it strikes me as a little weird that he would take Bolden in the seventh round, but he knows what he's doing. I'm Craig a little, Mastro. I'm a surprised he took Bolden. Sorry to interrupt, but it's a little surprised he took Bolden there when they got the ball spot already had four wide receivers, no tight ends and no quarterbacks and three backs. So I would have figured that uh, Scott Pinoski was going to take one running back and either a tight end or quarterback. And there he does. Takes the tight end. Jordan Cameron yeah. is the selection to go with Doug Martin. You know, it's interesting. I believe this has happened more than one time um, this season. I know coaches crunchers, Scott Johnson, our, our good friend, yep. he did it once. He did it most recently, but I think Craig master did it as well where they signed up for what they thought was a DE, uh, 28 <laughs> rounds. And then the, you know, uh, they get to like the 19th, 20th and they're like, Hey, where's the rest of the picks? You know, <laughs> it's like, Oh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a DE. I think Craig mastered. I could be wrong. That's, so. that's like doubly worse news. Cause it's like, first of all, you didn't plan for it. That right. Way. 
And then you realize you have to manage this team the whole season. You're like, that's what Scott said. 35 bucks. I, that's oh, exactly what, what Scott said. He's like, $35 is not enough for me to care about the waiver <laughs> wire. And so then I had to fix his team because he didn't get a defense. You know, and he's like, it's like, thank God I got a kicker at least. I didn't even, and he had four quarterbacks on his roster. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. So well, at that, least he can cut him. That was interesting. He, uh, does waiver. I think it's, it's so weird that we can, we can do stuff like that being, and, and players who we know are very smart and, and are very experienced in this, that we can do silly stuff where it escapes yeah. us. Just last night, I was at the grocery store picking up uh, the item that you had asked me to pick up. Yeah. And I, I, and, and item. it was a bottle of rum. It wasn't like, <laughs> like any kind of farm pharmaceutical stuff. So did you, did you get the uh, pseudo ephedrine for me? Cause I, I yeah. pop out a little mess here. Yeah. Hey, I was going to say, I got the diapers <laughs> and, and everything. So you're all squared away there. Um, so I, I got a box of granola bars and I, I got the, the bottle of, of rum. And um, I, I wanted to check out obviously right away. So I went in the 20 items or less lane and the guy in front of me, I was, I was annoyed. I'm not one of these people that's really upset about it, but he had like seriously 30 to 35 items on the belt. Okay. In front of me. And he already had three, where, where three, this, this is at Walmart. Okay. okay. He had three items or three bags in his cart already. We're talking like 60 plus items easily really? that this guy had wow. in the 20 items or less. Let lane. me ask you a question. So, do you when it's 20 items or less right so if a person had like um you know like four things of lettuce or something like that or if they had like that's four four that's items, four items yep i agree yeah um so anyway small pack of coke is you know whatever that's that's coke. one item because yeah. it's a pack it's connected it's a pack of coke yeah you, you don't <laughs> weird that <laughs> I, I we use. agree yeah okay so anyway I'm not, I'm not one to get upset so i'm i'm, I'm on my phone I'm, I'm like checking stuff and and whatever and this and the checker is going super slow and I'm getting kind of annoyed at this point. And I'm not glaring at the guy, but I'm like, I'm kind of like, you know, you know, like you one of those. Started, what you should have done. You should have started counting items. You should have like 17. Well, okay. The guy, the, 46. the guy behind me was like really annoyed and he just <laughs> left. He went to a different lane as I, and I was standing there with my two items. Wait, like, wait come to prove on. it to Walmart by leaving and then still buying the products in a different Well, lane. he was just annoyed. Like I, in general, I think he was annoyed. I would I just drop all the items. I just walk out. Yeah. Here. I'm done. Well, anyway, the moral of the story Sorry. is that I'm getting to, I finally, I just get exasperated and I roll my eyes. And as I roll my eyes up, I look at the checkout thing it wasn't a 20 items or less lane that I was in. It was a normal lane and I was in the wrong. And so, I mean, it's just but stuff like that, that, you know, just, I don't know what happens with us. That's, that's really fun. You know, in the same way that you can sign up for a classic and think it's a DE and you get screwed out of that. But so that also proves that the guy that was behind you wasn't annoyed at the 20 items. He was just annoyed. at the He probably didn't person. even, he probably didn't even look at the lane. He just saw me standing there with, items like well this has got to be 20 items or less what kind of idiot stands in a, in a non 20 items or less lane right. with two items correct so yeah, i'm sure he, maybe he's blaming he, you he and probably ticked at me i don't probably. think he ticked this is like i blame this guy yeah. because he looks intelligent but he's clearly dumb yeah he's probably like hey dude lane one yeah there's no one even there that was in uh, self-checkup you can't do it with liquor well that's the thing it's like and and then they the woman just walk out. the manager like comes over she doesn't even give me a second look didn't ask for my ID or anything. So I don't have my boyish good looks anymore, Dave. Well, I agree with that. Thanks. Charles Johnson, the selection after Jordan Cameron, as we get back on track here at, the, general good looks, at the 802. Uh, they're becoming rugged. Yes. They went from boyish to rugged. Are you growing your beard out or something? Well, 
you know, my friend Don Erickson is going to be oh, at Caesars Palace again this year, and he always says he doesn't want to be the only one with like really killer facial hair. Oh, okay. So I tend to grow up my facial hair so I can, you know, be a, a brother to him while we're out there. Makes so sense, sure. yeah, there you go. LeGarrette Blunt is the uh, 803 selection to Mike Nazarick. Really a big fan of that pick as uh, Nazarick adds Blunt to his running back stable as his number four. Brandon LaFell at the 804, back to back Patriots there. LaFell going to John Friedland. Uh, Nuke, uh, Nuke Johnson. Duke Johnson goes at the 805. Nuke Lelouch. Follow, yeah, Nuke Lelouch. Strikeouts are fascist. The uh, next four selections, all receivers, Victor Cruz, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, and Steve Smith. Trey Mason and Tevin Coleman uh, end up going at the uh, at the 810 and the 811. How frustrating is it for Michael Rothstein to take Devontae Freeman at the 701 and then have Tevin Coleman go one pick before him? Especially to the guy who's reached on every pick, he actually takes a value pick, Balky. So he's probably like, well, I mean, you know, this guy fancy arm, he's going to take Cole Beasley here. Right, yeah. I did uh, – I didn't think Antonio Brown was a reach at the 102. Yeah, I get that. Uh, Darren Armani um, was uh, he was on Twitter. Of course, you can follow Darren Armani, who we don't thank enough on on this show for throwing together pros versus Joes every single year. He does a great job with it. Make sure you follow him at Fantasy Mojo and check out everything his site has to offer at FantasyMojo.com. But I will say this about uh, Darren: he, um, I think it was Fantasy Douche tweeted out what what a great contest the pros versus joes is to see everything and then he thanked Very darren armani yes yeah. so darren tweeted back he's like to thank me why don't why don't you make your next rotoviz article about why cole beasley is such a great pick this year? <laughs> yeah. and then fantasy douche tweets back we're just going to go through our archives and do a copy replace of the stuff we wrote about danny amandola <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who are the other guys? Uh, Michael Campanaro. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was one other guy. I can't remember. Like Adelman, Albert, Albert Wilson or somebody. It, so, I don't know. Just like one of those, you know, type guys. I thought that was uh, uh, very <laughs> hilarious. I think I favorited it. Austin Safarian Jenkins at the uh, 901 following Danny Woodhead to Michael Rossi. And then Owen Daniels at the 902 to Jeff Manns. Not a reach in this format. It was a fine selection. Josh Hill and Owen Daniels. You know, when I've seen them get selected before Dave, it's usually Daniels first, especially with um, with sort of like the decline of the Josh Hill hype happening right now. You know, if he is really going to be the Jimmy Graham or, or take the role of Jimmy Graham in that offense, now is the time to catch that falling star because he, it's going to get worse before it gets better in my opinion as far <laughs> as the Josh Hill ADP goes. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see like because normally you'd see like okay if Hill's falling you would think that Ben Watson might be rising up a little bit. We really haven't seen Watson. I don't think have we broadcasted I don't think we broadcast any Ben Watson picks in no. the PPJ. He's he's, not, he's probably been going but just he, not just while well, we're on air because right. we only cover the first 2 hours of this. So I think that uh you know the same situation I'm telling people as far as tight ends go with where they're going right now I would not be getting involved with that situation. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of laying off them a little bit too. If, if Hill fell far enough, I'd probably kick the tires a little bit. Um, 903 pick, Torrey Smith to uh, Barney Newkirk. Are you nervous at all with all the tight ends off the board that Barney is not going to have the opportunity to take his first tight end until the late 10th round now? Uh, We're looking at 
Yeah, um, you know, that does concern me. The other thing that concerns me is you know, 14 teams, of them off the board. Teams seven and eight don't have a tight end, so they're going to be taking one for sure and possibly two. So he could be looking at five more tight ends going. So it does concern me a little bit that he didn't grab one of them coming through this uh, nine ten spot. This is where a lot of guys take two. And uh, so I think you're going to see a big tight end run, and I'm actually seeing it a little bit in advance here. I will say that uh, you were right, my friend. When the quarterbacks get pushed up, you wait on them. And that's what everybody's doing. And we haven't had a quarterback go off the board since the mid-seventh in Ben Roethlisberger. It's like a ghost town of quarterbacks. It's a ghost town of quarterbacks. I don't know if you've noticed this, Dave, but uh, I've actually lost a little bit of weight you in, have. My, in my baseline. And yeah. I mean, you know what I attribute it to? This is the Laying off the wrong? This, no. This is the first year in like three years that I have not had one drop of Robert Griffin Kool-Aid. <laughs> not one That's drop not. of Robert Griffin Kool-Aid this year. And I got to tell you, I haven't been tempted either. Nice. Totally off him. You know, the the thing is, how much Kool-Aid are you actually drinking of Robert Griffin when you're taking him in the 17th round or 18th round of drafts, which is where he's been going? And I don't see that changing. We're going to have to slot from him in the preseason because normally as we get into this, eighth, ninth, tenth round here. This is the sweet spot where he was always going. His rookie year, he was going in the eighth, ninth, tenth round. Uh, his second year, he got pushed up a little bit because of the success. And then he had the the train wreck of a, of a second year with the injury at the end of his rookie year. Underperformed again last year. Well, I mean, there's something to be said for that. So, And, and I think it was on ESPN uh, reported that some – was it an NFL scout that said – his ego is too big for him to adjust to the player he has to become to become successful. Coach, it, I, yeah, I've heard that he's not, something not, to that effect. Player. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, so I and I think that's that's frustrating because he's he's a, he's certainly a talented player that. Um, but he's so cheap. I mean, he's uber cheap this this year. I mean, he, what, what is he? Where is he yeah, going? I, I'll I'm 15, again. 14? No, later than that. I said like 15th or 18th. Oh man, that's great. I, I bet I bet I. Be drafting him this year, but I'm not going to have to invest anything in him. Yeah, it's free. I mean, he's one of those guys that you get on your team, and then if he sucks the first few weeks, you cut him for somebody else. I mean, literally, you can grab him instead of like a like a second tier defense. You know, like you can grab him instead of like the Patriots or the Rams or somebody, right? And then grab a little bit lesser defense, right? I oh, think it's worth that. Or you know, just well, the, the pickup du jour of right. of whatever yeah, you know it is. Yeah. Um. Or, or you know, whoever you know blew up. You know the who is who is the kid from uh, was it Dallas that caught those opening touchdowns those two touchdowns and Ogletree Kevin Ogletree you remember that that <laughs> yeah, year yeah. and he was going on like the, point week. yeah and he was going on like the seventh round of drafts it was insane that was great um, we have uh, that tight end run going on right now Dave that you but alluded to in the ninth two teams left in that draft it's starting in twenty minutes so we're starting at eleven thirty Eastern, 30 Eastern yeah. okay so go to myffbc.com sign up Rob Vieira I'm at you get in that one put the wife to bed and uh and start drafting this you never know people you could have just been listening to the high stakes fantasy football hour following along with pros versus joe as you get the inkling to draft and you might draft the three hundred thousand dollar winner tonight you don't know who knows i might draft a big loser team but what are the chances <laughs> of that 10 out of 12 yeah probably <laughs> so you have six tight ends go off in the ninth round here after owen daniels or excuse me we're at the Tory Smith pick after he gets selected. Antonio Gates, Bishop Sankey, Dwayne Allen, Vernon Davis gets pushed up there a little bit uh, to Tom. 
Rams at the 907. Ryan Matthews, Isaiah Kroll, Kyle Rudolph, John Brown, and Tony Romo. So three Cardinals receivers go off in the eighth and ninth rounds. Fitz first, Floyd, and then John Brown. Tony Romo finishes off the ninth round. Um, did you see the Shady McCoy um, quote on how he thinks the or how did it work? He how he thinks the the Eagles, yeah, how he thinks the Eagles oh, yeah, yeah, touches will be split. Yeah, why he's like a jilted lover. Why doesn't he just shut up and leave it alone? Why is he talking about his former team so much? Yeah, it's annoying. Just be quiet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is it? What, what is it his concern? You're not on the team anymore. Just be quiet and right. just worry about your own team. Worry about the you know, getting a winter jacket in Buffalo. It's a little bit colder in Philly, whatever. Um, well, because you get that lake effect snow too in Buffalo, yeah, which you so. don't get in Philly. Yeah, twenty-four inches to. <laughs> uh, I alluded to this earlier, but the on the couch uh, broadcast this week, and I forgive me, this is going to sound terrible. I can't well, remember. Blooms the host. I yeah, I thank you. I can't remember the name of his guest. It, she's from the X's and Y's podcast, um, and I can't think of uh, of what her name is. But she was very entertaining, and she had this to say about the Shady McCoy Chip Kelly thing. You know, McCoy was saying, "Oh, Chip Kelly doesn't." black players and you know i totally got screwed after they used me the last two years gave me all those touches and then i was worthless and then they're bringing and you know, and there is something to be said of like okay well i don't know which side you know i welcome to playing running back in the nfl that's what i don't know about. which side i should be on and then um koi comes out with this instagram thing bring me your 21 year old an older women to the some private party he was I throwing I, I didn't hear about that. yeah we posted about it on our high stakes facebook page the the link did is there we? yeah we did and uh and then that that's there and then he's just saying all this stuff and now you're kind of like okay well i think i'm more siding with chip kelly this one and shady mccoy just could be some like whack job at this point of his career you know yeah you know it's weird i never heard much from him so i always just you know assumed he was like cool pretty, and cool normal yeah. like good guy and everything like that not, not really so Apparently not. So I, I don't know. That's just another reason to stay away from him. This because I mean, you know, another reason too that maybe we never heard from McCoy. The Eagles are always doing they're playing pretty well. Right. And when when things are going well, you tend to not hear that squeaky wheel. Right. And now if man, I'm telling you, if, if Buffalo's season goes the way I think it's gonna go, we're gonna hear a lot of squeaky wheels in that offense this year. So Tyler Eifert goes off the board at the 10-01 to Scott Pianowski. That's uh, his second tight end to go with Jordan Cameron. Three straight quarterbacks go this round. Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton. Eli Manning to Craig Mastro at the 10-02. Dave, I love the fact that Eli Manning is his starting quarterback. What was the pinky thing for? One team left. Oh, one team left at draft. Sign up. Starts in 16 minutes, people. Eli Manning is his number one quarterback going off the board at the 10.02. I am a big fan of that. Really? You like Eli? Love guy. Eli, man. Yeah. But are you being sarcastic? No, you talk about him every, every no. show. Okay, sorry. I don't, <laughs> you know, if I, if there was like, I, I don't know, because if I there was like, a, if, if like Eli, if you worked in the watch business and Eli represented like a watch brand, yeah. you maybe like buy that brand. Yeah, which I have. Like, like the Citizen Echo Drive? Yeah, I have one. I might have two. <laughs> I think little, I have two. Watchco.com. Uh, yeah, check that out, definitely. <laughs> Eli Manning. Uh, so do you like Eli better than Matt Ryan? Yes, I do. And I like him better than Cam Newton. Well, I mean, that's fine. He put and I think I would draft him over Tony Romo, too. I'll tell you who I would not draft him over, and that's Big Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, well, three rounds earlier. Um, 
Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning would be a great QBBC this year for those of you who like to play that. You know, it's funny. I actually have those two guys on on a dynasty team. And like a couple of years ago, I was actually like, I was like really worried that my team sucked at quarterback. And it wasn't all that great, but all of a sudden it turned into being good. Yeah. They haven't gotten older. I have three quarterbacks in the Blake Harrington dynasty league right now. Who are they? Johnny Manziel, Josh McCown, and Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> and let me tell you what, only one of those guys is making making the roster <laughs> after cutdowns happen. So That's funny. you can use your imagination on who it's going to be. I'm using my imagination after uh, Cam Newton, Marcus Colstead. What a fantastic pick to John Hansen going in the 10th round. Really like that. Now, the bad part about that Marcus Colston selection, Dave, it represents one of two positions that John Hansen currently has on his <laughs> roster. No quarterbacks, no tight ends yet. So that is going to be interesting to see how that, ha- uh, yeah. you know, how that shakes out. He's got five running backs, five receivers. How is it going to fill in um, the quarterback and tight end positions when so many tight ends are off the board? It's going to be very difficult. Spoiler alert. I also like the Roy Helu pick. There's actually a lot of picks I like this round, Dave. I like the Eifert one. I like Colston. I love Eli Manning. I like Roy Helu going to Tom Williams at the 10.06. And Pierre Garcon, I think, is decent value going to Gary Davenport right after that. Then, of course, we have Matthew Stafford going off the board to Lance Shoup, Eric Decker, Niall Davis, and Brashad Perriman to Jeff Manns. Brashad Perriman, Dave, the number three receiver for Jeff Manns. Could <laughs> right. be the number three receiver on the Ravens this year. Yes, he very well could be. I, But I don't think that was a reach in the 10th round. No, I thought that was a fine start. Are any of these guys going to call in or are you going to start taunting? We're going to start taunting. I don't want to, I don't want to taunt I'm people. Taunting. I'm not a taunter. But if you want to give us a call, the number is 347-426-3682. 347 game over. Well, uh, what did Linda Richmond always used to say on Saturday Night Live? Give us a call. We'll talk. No big whoop <laughs> or whatever it was yeah. uh, before she always got burped. Uh, Brashad Perriman going to Jeff Manns as his third receiver. He now has four running backs, three receivers, two tight ends. Like the construction of the team, I don't know if I would have taken the players that he did there. But again, there's something to be said for really appreciating a guy who, if you want to take advice, from him he's practicing what he preaches you know he's, he's standing by his rankings he's standing by uh what he's telling other people to do and not a lot of other uh, people will do that you know i i know i, I last year i i think it was last year it was two years ago i was telling everybody robert griffin robert griffin robert griffin and then you know how many leagues i got griffin on zero well, never well, drafted him good for you. well no it wasn't good for me because anybody who again we're not really I, I don't like to classify us as an advice podcast where we just yeah we give some advice we do give some advice but I feel like people listen in for the high you know the high stakes players that, that come on and and I try to coax answers out of them because let's so these high stakes players it's they're the, the exact opposite of the pros in this contest the pros will put out advice maybe it's for free maybe they there's some sort of you know paywall that you have to subscribe to their service to get whatever it may be. The high stakes players are the exact opposite. Like they'll come on the show and they'll hang out. I sort of have to woo them to information. I'm like, oh, what's the strategy here? What do you think about this they guy? Do, what do you- they share. They share pretty well. Consider it. Right. And it's because they're the exact opposite because it's not in their best interest to give right. out what they're thinking on the air, right. you know? And so I think, and that's another compelling thing about our show is because sometimes when, when you use the bamboo shoots to get the information, out it's so much sweeter when it comes out you gotta loosen them up and be like oh tell what do you do for a living where yeah. do you live tell us all about yourself how are the wife and kids yeah oh, how's yeah, the family yeah exactly what are your tight end rankings yeah <laughs> oh, and they tell you. 
yeah, okay, so so yeah, it's been pretty sunny there, right? Like maybe a little bit of rain, and oh, you guys, you guys had that big music festival there. That was really cool. Uh, zero running back theorem thoughts, <laughs> you know. So yeah, that's always interesting to uh, to bring those guests on. That's that's a lot of fun. So if anybody wants to call in and get in quasi interrogated tonight, we'd love to see it happen. Can you give us an update on that football guys draft? So Alex texted me, we still have one team left, and he said that whoever drafts, if someone picks up this team, he'll give away a free $35 team. So a he's giving, free $35 team if you sign up for the football guys. Maybe uh, people are scared to have Alex commissioning a draft for like a half hour. I can, I, can I be perfectly honest with you? I'm a little scared of that. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm going to get in there, and start. people are going to be like, oh, Balky, I'm so glad you're here. Like, <laughs> I, I was so afraid of what was going to happen with that. That other, the big bad wolf commissioner that was in there. I got computer picked, but I didn't want to say anything. So if you want to sign up uh, for this football guys draft that we have starting in 10 minutes, definitely do so at myffpc.com. And uh, the prognosticator himself, Alex Kaganowski, will put your account with a free $35 satellite. You can't beat it, folks. Join now, <laughs> myffpc.com. I, like, I feel a little bit dirty with all these little announcements. Yeah, whatever. Too many pitches. Reggie Bush is the final selection of the 10th round, and D'Angelo Williams kicks off the 11th. So Michael Rothstein able to pair D'Angelo Williams with Le'Veon Bell, who he took with first pick of the draft. He gets that Steelers backfield. Devontae Parker and Kevin White, a pair of rookie receivers going off the board in the 11th round uh, to Jeff Manns and to Barney Newkirk. Tom Brady is the 11-04 selection. What do you make of Brady today? Big news with him. The as I think it was Scott Pianowski who actually tweeted out breaking news. Roger Goodell agrees with Roger Goodell's decision. <laughs> that's a, that's a which, fantastic tweet. Which was hilarious. I, I, I wish you could like triple favorite something. That's like great. That, was, like, that, like, you, that could be my favorite of the month. Tweet. Yeah, I like it. Uh, and, and so Brady now is uh, the NFLPA, of course, put out. I mean, lawyers are just hilarious. Like, and Goodall is a former, he's a lawyer. He's right, a, he is. But I mean, the NFLPA's lawyers come out like, this is an egregious decision. Like, this is an outrageous outcome, the blah, 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 blah. And uh, so they're going to appeal it in federal court. But the NFL actually already ha have asked some judge in New York to confirm their decision, like, <laughs> you know, to, to pre up the suit. Like, so they're basically saying to this judge in New York, like, hey, you're cool with this, right? Like, yeah. we, we did it, we did it the right way here. And and we'll just need you to uh, double stamp that that or triple stamp that double stamp at the bottom. So so Brady he still goes to training camp and then he's suspended for the four games for the first four games, correct, sir? Interesting. You know, if I if I feel like if it was a player like um, I'm trying to think of a, a player that I feel like, like a Big Ben. You know, no offense, I know you love him yeah. and stuff like that, but a guy like Big Ben is like a little more lackadaisical. <laughs> like I feel like Big Ben would just be. like, Oh, I'm headed to Barbados for eight weeks. You know, like he would just be yeah, like, I'm, yeah. not do, I'm not doing training camp. I'll be back in week, you know, heading into week five, yeah. whatever. Enjoy two days, guys. Yeah, see you later. I'm going to be having some rum runners on the beach. <laughs> exactly. And you come back with like 275, 280. And, uh, and you know, he actually you throw for and, three, eight, 150 yards yeah. the first week. He will literally take three steps in the pocket, a three step drop. He'll have defensive linemen hanging off of them, and he'll still throw for 300 yards to Bryant, Brown, Wheaton, and Bell, and Heath Miller. You know what I mean? Every single game because nobody can bring him down. And if you can't bring him down now when Big Ben, what does he weigh, like 250, 40? Something like that. Yeah. If you can't bring him out down now, you're not bringing him down when he's 280 pounds doing a Jared Lorenzen impression back there. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that's interesting. But anyway, getting back to the whole Brady point, how much are you – I mean, are you docking him any given that he's going to be missing – 
um, the first four games because I feel like if you play QBBC, which I feel like you do by and large, Brady going in the 11th round is a fantastic value there if you can get a guy who has, you know, and I think that he comes back week six because I think the Patriots are in by week five. So if you get a quarterback that has some good matchups in those first five weeks and then pair him with Brady, man, that's awesome. I agree with you. I'm sorry. I was listening to a little Alex text, but yeah, you know, you can always get a quarterback that's going to be good for five or six weeks. So you're I'm totally good. on board with Brady in the 11th. Though. I actually, I, I like, I like that Brady's kind of, he's going to fall now. He, I mean, he's a couple rounds later than even yesterday when there was a little uncertainty, I think it was maybe at least a round later. Um, yeah. 11th round. Why not? Sure. At shelf uh, reaping the benefits of, uh, Tom Brady as his number one quarterback in the 11th round. And we get a pair of Titans going off the board after that. Kendall Wright followed by David Cobb. David Cobb, Dave, going – I'm trying to find Sankey. I know he got selected yeah, here. Two rounds earlier, one pick. Oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah. Wow, two rounds seems like a big distance between Sankey and Cobb. But I guess you're of the belief that Cobb is just some fifth-round guy and Sankey is going to get the benefit of the doubt given the what the Titans invested in him last year. I am of that belief. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's just my opinion. Another quarterback pick I really like here, Ryan Tannehill going in the mid-11th, followed by Kobe Fleener and Heath Miller. And then you get Alfred Blue, David Johnson, and Charles Clay. Uh, no word if he was with the Asian Dawn. I'm not sure. It could, could, could be a diehard <laughs> reference there. Um, we're making it up now, folks, ladies and gentlemen, as, as we get into the final half hour of the the pros versus Joe broadcast. This is just at this point, if we keep talking for the next 35 minutes, consider it a win because I, I don't want to say like, this has been tough, but it's been tough to, to do. It has, not been tough. it has been very tough the to Charles do. Charles Clay comment was pretty funny. I stepped away from the mic for a bit. Yeah. It, uh, I, I think it's tough to do this. Well, you're doing the hard work. I just sit here and <laughs> Maybe that's, a few little quips. <laughs> I talked for five minutes and they're like, I agree, Bulky. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep talking <laughs> about the draft, man. So anyway, uh, the, the David Johnson pick, uh, I'm starting to like him too. I feel like he should be draft boards more than he is, given what we know about him, given what we know about the Arizona offensive line. Um, and, and he's not. I, I feel like he's going to be a guy I end up with on a lot of teams this year because of his pass-catching ability, because he has good size for an NFL player as a rookie. And Andre Ellington had that, uh, you know, the – issue last year he's already shown um i don't want to say a tendency to be injured but he hasn't been the healthiest guy in the world so i think that david johnson the 11th round there's some pretty good value there so i like that pick there um and we're seeing sort of the last of the second tier of tight ends go off the board here with uh fleener miller and clay and then of course jordan reed going next round which we're going to tell you all about uh, in just a little bit so the teams that don't have a tight end, I'm looking at, I think there's just one. Yeah, and we already talked about him. That was um, uh, Barney Newkirk's team drafting at the third spot tonight. He's the only one that, without a tight end, and I believe he is tight end no longer, Dave. Uh, that's the word on the street. So he, he just popped up there. Just Yeah, he gets Larry Donnellis as, uh, as his number one tight end there in the 12th round. To take you through the entire 12th round, Stevie Johnson went off the board at the 1201. Dave, another guy who's climbing, climbing, climbing. He went at the 11th round last night, but just two weeks ago, he was a 14th or 15th round selection. Three weeks, uh, you know, like late June, or excuse me, uh, early June, 
he was going in like the 17th and 18th round. So he keeps climbing up these draft boards. And I don't know if it's, if it's because of the gate suspension. I don't know if it's because everyone loved to hate Malcolm Floyd, as, you know, drafting him. So you have to like somebody and Keenan Allen kind of underwhelmed last year. So maybe that there is good value in Stevie Johnson. I'll tell you what, I know he's going on the 11th and 12th now, but I'm still on board with taking him there. You are. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the high stakes like him. So I, I have to listen to that. Like I've said before, I'm I still just, it's tough for me to get behind Stevie Johnson. He's just been so unproductive the last few years. It's just tough for me to really like him. If I miss on it, if I miss on his 870 yard season for five touchdowns this year, you know what? I can live with it. Non-fantasy related note. I just got this update from ESPN. Uh, Chief safety, Eric Berry. You know, he had the uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma last December, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, cleared to take the practice field tomorrow. Oh, that's fantastic. So very good news for not just Chiefs fans, but football fans everywhere that he can come back from that. So you go get him, Eric Berry. Right after Stevie Johnson, Phillip Rivers goes. Uh, Terrence Williams, Charles J. Ajayi uh, goes right after that to the fantasyguru.com's John Hansen. I like that selection there. Jordan Reed, Teddy Bridgewater, Devontae Adams, Dave falls all the way down to the 1208 great yeah, pick by that. Lance Shoup. We've been talking about Lance Shoup's team tonight, him just uh, scooping up value all over the place. I think that that was a great selection uh, for him there. Kenny Stills, Larry Donnell, Joe Flacco, and Ruben Randall, another good receiver that goes off the board in the 12th round. I am a fan of that selection as well, although it is Michael Rothstein's fourth receiver, so he you know, might be a little bit weak there. Randall, I mean, Corey Parson, our friend, Parson, Sirius XM Fantasy Radio. Where did he take Randall the other night? Like the ninth round, something like that? I don't think it was that late. Was it? It was earlier than that? Oh, Ruben Randall. Ruben um, Randall. Yeah, not Joseph Randall. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, wasn't I thought it was like ninth round, eighth, ninth round. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty late. Right? So, yeah, so I think Randall there is a, is a good choice. Let's talk a little bit about Teddy Bridgewater going off the board to back up Gary Davenport's uh, Ben Roethlisberger selection in the seventh. He gets Bridgewater. We haven't talked a whole lot about Bridgewater, but we talked about a lot of his weapons so far on the uh, on the shows this season, Dave. We've talked about Wallace. We talked about Johnson. We talked about Rudolph Peterson. What do you make of Bridgewater there? Because it seems like with those weapons, he could be a pretty good, reliable backup quarterback for fantasy this year. Yeah, I like Bridgewater as a backup. Um, I wouldn't I mean in, in a DE format like this. Even if I waited, I mean again, you know. <laughs> The, the guys like Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Eli Manning, Stafford, you're going to 10th round. I mean, I'd be super excited about taking one of those guys and pairing up with Bridgewater and then a third guy. And, and you're you're totally fine. You're in good shape. That is the uh, first 12 rounds here, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go through now and talk team construction, kind of look at what these teams look. Now, there is 16 rounds to go, uh, but we want to kind of look at the makers on each squad now as they are. And we'll start with Michael Rothstein's uh, team picking at the 101 tonight. Uh, Andrew Luck is his only quarterback thus far. The running backs are Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, Danny Woodhead, Reggie Bush, D'Angelo Williams, and James Starks. Receivers T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robinson, Martavis Bryant, and Reuben Randall. Delaney Walker and Austin Safarian Jenkins are the Titans. Dave, to me, um, the weakness here is the receivers. Um, I, I think Robinson and Martavis Bryant were risky picks for where he selected them. He doesn't have a whole lot of depth behind them. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to need a lot more receivers. And running backs after Le'Veon Bell are a bit of a problem, in my opinion. And the issue with that, too, is he could be in a little bit of a hole early on because Bell's out those first few weeks. 
So he's going to need to get running back production immediately out of these other players. Uh, he does have D'Angelo coming in there, so that at least you know he's going to recover there a little bit. Uh, but yeah, by and large, I mean I think that you know getting all those running backs there kind of helps the fact that uh, you know he doesn't have that second elite guy. You know he's just got Bell, not even elite, but that second guy. Uh, so that'll help the receivers. The receivers got to come through. Uh, Jeff Mann's team. This will be fun talking about his squad. Yes. Drew Brees and Joe Flacco are the quarterbacks. C.J. Spiller, Joseph Randall, Darren McFadden, Kevin Coleman are the running backs. Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Brashad Perriman, Devontae Parker are the receivers. Josh Hill, Owen Daniels, and Ladarius Green at tight end. Cowboys running game has to come through uh, for Jeff's team to be really good. Tevin Coleman's got to have a really good year, and he's going to have to get big seasons from Brashad Perriman, Devontae Parker, his number three and four receivers that he didn't select until the 10th and 11th rounds. Yeah, because he took Joseph Randall early, and then he had and he paired him with McFadden, which I think was a good move, but McFadden was early as well. I thought he got great value with Tevin Coleman. So his running backs are actually kind of okay if Coleman does anything. But, yeah, like you said, the receivers are a problem with Herman and Devontae Parker. I mean, they're both rookies. I just can't possibly see them coming through enough to be reliable flex players on that team. I can see it, but not right away. Like, I feel like it would it would take until the middle part of the season where you can rely on those type of guys. Well, I mean, right now when you look at a starting, like if you were to put a starting lineup and you put in like Drew Brees, Spiller, Randall, probably uh, you put in Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders. So now you have two flex players to put in. You know, let's say you start Josh Hill at tight end. So who's the, who are the flexes? You have to start right. Tevin Coleman, a rookie, immediately who may or may not even get much playing time. Or you start Perriman to start. I mean, that's fine. And Parker is coming off the injury. So it's like – Or Owen Daniels. Yeah, I guess you can do that. It's, it's, uh, it's really a problem, and you haven't even talked about Bob yet. We have not. Let's move on and talk about Barney Newkirk's team. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Jamal Charles, Latavius Murray, Giovanni Bernard, Trey Mason, Niall Davis at running back. Randall Cobb, Mike Wallace, Vincent Jackson, Torrey Smith, Kevin White, and Marvin Jones are the receivers. Larry Nell is his only tight end that he selected in the 12th round. Uh, really good balance on this team, except for the tight ends, Dave. Yeah, I actually, I like this team. Um, I know his tight ends are weak, but um, that, that's really the only spot that he's kind of weak in. Uh, Wallace and uh, Torrey Smith are big play guys, which normally you'd really hate on a regular type team, but on a DE team, they have to come through. I thought VX was a nice selection. And even Kevin White, Marvin Jones, those are, those are, those are solid picks. They're definitely worth something in those rounds. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, the, the picks that we look at, um, in these in these pros versus Joe's drafts, we have to keep in mind these guys don't have to pick and choose the weeks they think the big play receivers are going to go off. They're right. they're going to start for you regardless, and and that sometimes moves their ADP up a little bit. Often it does not, and then you end up getting good values on on those big play guys. And I think that's what happened with Barton Kirk's team. And one thing we kind of gloss over a lot of times, I'm a big subscriber of quarterbacks, is oh, Newkirk has. Rodgers. I mean, in team one, Michael Rossi is Andrew Lux. These guys are going to put up some 35-point weeks for these quarterbacks. So we really, even in our analysis, I think sometimes we miss on that. Having a guy like Rodgers on top of what he already has at the running back and receiver uh, core is really great. DraftSharks.com, Matt Schaaf is picking from the four spot. Tom Brady and Colin Kaepernick are his quarterbacks thus far. Justin Forsett, Frank Gore, Jonathan Stewart, Amir Abdullah at running back. Keenan Allen, Deshaun Jackson, Steve Smith, Eric Decker, Kenny Stills are the receivers, and then Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Gates at tight end. This might be my favorite team thus far that we've just looked at. 
<laughs> I, favorite I mean, out of four. A favorite out of four because I, I and he's I'm fine with. I think he's very good at uh, at quarterback. I think that he is going to be fine at running back, and I think the in the receivers. I hate to call him a weak team, but I think they are because the other parts of his squad are strong. Yeah, his receivers are pretty weak. I mean, they, I don't say pretty weak. Okay, they're really weak. They're, they're really bad. they're bad. Oh, they're not bad. Come on, they're bad. I mean, Keenan Allen is your number one. Deshaun Jackson, who's dicey in and of itself on a team, that's but again, not that a, good. Bi- a big, two. a big play type guy. Steve fell off the face of the planet, even though he is the icon. Yeah. He did crush it in the playoffs last season, though. Fair enough. Uh, Decker, you know, that's fine. You know, at that point, and then Stills, who may or may not even do much of anything. I just think it. Yes, it's obviously a weak point. Gronk is fantastic. Uh, Gates is a nice pick. Uh, Tom Brady with it with uh, Kaepernick. I actually really like that mm-hmm. a lot too. Yeah. Uh, Lance Shoup. Now this is this this could easily just trump what I just said about <laughs> how, liking Matt Trout's team so far because we talked a, a lot about the value he got here. Well, especially when you okay, I'm gonna let you talk, but especially when you get the value in the first three rounds. Did you just go Kanye on me? Yes, I did. You get the value in the first three rounds. That's insane. Go ahead. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish, but Lance Shoup has one of the greatest Joe's yeah, teams yeah. of all time. Yeah, Those first three picks are great. The rest of his team could suck. We'll find out. Peyton Manning and Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Adrian Peterson, Demarco Murray, Bishop Sankey, Dan Heron are the running backs. Julian Edelman, Jeremy Macklin, Michael Floyd, Kendall Wright, Devontae Adams are the receivers. Jimmy Graham and Julius Thomas at tight end. Love the quarterbacks. The running back depth is. More than questionable. You don't need it. You may not. You mm-hmm. may not need it. Um, and then the the receivers. You know, I'm not. A, I like Adam, but I'm not a Macklin guy. I'm not really a Floyd guy. I'm no longer a Kendall Wright guy. Devontae Adams, I think, could be good for a few weeks. And then uh, Julius Thomas and Jimmy Graham, I'm, I'm big fans of. But you know, for getting all that value to fall to him in the first four rounds, I I would have liked to see. Yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't even say this because I think the problem I have with Lance's team after the first four picks is just a simple philosophical difference on player evaluation, not necessarily team construction. I thought Edelman was fine. I think the mistake he made, and I do think it's a mistake, is taking Peyton Manning in the fifth round. You take Peyton Manning, toss him out, and take like Andre Johnson instead. Stick Andre Johnson there, Julian Edelman, Andre Johnson, Macklin, and then you. Uh, and then even if Stafford was your number one. Pop in Bridgewater in the uh, what is that the twelfth? Okay, so you right. kind of got yep. pop in Flacco or Kaepernick and look at the way the team looks at that point. Or you know, obviously you keep Devontae Adams, but even if you have Bradford, Carson Palmer, or Dalton behind uh, behind Stafford, you're actually still fine at quarterback, and you have another good receiver. Only one of two teams in tonight's draft to take a quarterback and a tight end early. We always like to say doesn't usually end up well when you do that. And I think it's dicey at best right now. He had a fantastic start. I think his team is still fine. I think he could have been really truly more on the dominant tip if he had actually done that. We'll see what happens. Gary Davenport from FantasySharks.com. Picking out of the sixth spot, Ben Roethlisberger and Ted Bridgewater are his signal callers. Eddie Lacy, LaShawn McCoy, Alfred Morris, David Cobb, and Fred Jackson are in the backfield. Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Larry Fitzgerald, and Pierre Garçon are the receivers. Tight ends, Travis Kelsey and Dwayne Allen. Uh, again, if not out of wide receiver depth on this team, I think he's okay um, everywhere else. Tight end, again, I'm not a big Dwayne Allen guy, but if he comes through and has a decent season, his tight ends are going to be strong to quite strong. If you have those receivers in a 2013 ball game, I mean, take a look. <laughs> that's fantastic. Ooh, that's gold. Yeah. Um, the receivers, like Fitzgerald and Gar- Garcon and Marshall, they've done it in the past, and they can do it. 
I like the running backs. I love the Kelsey, uh, Dwayne Allen, Jared Cook. That's a fine combo. And then uh, Big Ben and Bridgewater. I actually like this team. I think it's a little bit underrated. Uh, people like to hate on McCoy. They like to hate on Alfred Morris. But those are solid players. I, I do like this team. Quite a bit, uh, too, as well. Let's, um, because I, I think one of the things that we've said um, so far with a lot of these teams is wide receiver depth comes into question. And you say, That's because it's the first half of the draft. And you say, well, Balky, <laughs> if all those teams don't have any wide receiver depth, where are all the wide receivers? Well, stay tuned for these next six teams that we're going to go through because there's a lot of receivers on these teams. We'll kick things off with Tom Williams here drafting at the 107. Ryan Tannehill and David Carr. David Carr. Derek Carr are his uh, quarterbacks. Uh, running backs, Melvin Gordon, Shane Vereen, Joyke Bell, Roy Hallou, Monte Ball. The receivers, Odell Beckham, A.J. Green, Kelvin Bell, Andre Johnson, Victor Cruz. And the tight ends, Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed. Dave, we talked about how stellar his first four receivers were, or three of his first four receivers for you. Yep. Um, the running backs, I, I think he did fine for you know not selecting one in the first two rounds, getting Gordon, Vereen, and Joyke Bell. And that's like the Helu pick. I think that's going to be good. Um, and I think part of the reason I like this team quite a bit is because he waited and got Tannehill and got Derek Carr late. Um, I'm I'm worried about the tight end, obviously not taking one until round nine, and he's relying on Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed. But the rest of the team, very, very good. Yeah, if he had taken – looking back, I mean, it's so easy for us because we're just sitting here. Yeah, you know, Dave, know it is easy for us. It's so easy for it us. It just comes naturally. <laughs> it's so easy for us to critique these teams, I should say. Uh, Travis Kelsey in the fourth round, I think if he had taken him instead of Kellen Benjamin, he might be a little bit happier with his overall team. He would have had to switch things up a little bit receiver. Uh, but if he had taken, uh, what are we in the ninth round? If he had taken Colston or John Brown, I mean, just as an example with Vernon Davis there, I, I think overall that would have been a little bit better. But, yeah, overall, it's a solid squad. I mean, when you look at the, the receivers, I mean, those first four receivers are fantastic. And I think he did – he acquainted himself, well, like you said, at running back. Let's talk about uh, team timeout here, and that's fantasy gurus. There's only two picks. Uh, First two picks. Maybe it's good luck. Maybe yeah. Guru's like a good luck guy. Maybe it is. John Hansen timed out on his first pick last year and won his league. Uh, got that 2015 FFPC main event entry. This year, he did it in the first two rounds for good measure. So he gets uh, at quarterback Sam Bradford and Blake Bortles. Running backs Mark Ingram, Todd Gurley, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Ryan Matthews, Jay Ajayi. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Jordy Nelson, Jarvis Landry, Nelson Aguilar, and Marcus Colston are the receivers. Kobe Fleener is his lone tight end so far. Dave, I love the fact that he waited on quarterback. Um, if Bradford ends up starting week one, I think that this you know, could be like home run type selection, getting like a top 10 guy like him that late. Uh, and then Blake Bortles with all those weapons there, I really like that. The running backs, again, he didn't take one until round three. He still ends up with five solid ones, in my opinion. And then you throw in Jay Ajayi, could be really lethal at that uh, at that position. The the receivers, I really I like DT. I like Nelson. I like Landry. A goaler, I think, or Aguilar is going to be good. And then Marcus Colston, I already talked about how much I love that pick. So what don't I like about this team? He's got Fleener at tight end, and then that's it. You know, actually, I, I really do. I, I almost love uh, John Hansen's team. I think his running backs are really fantastic. The Duke Johnson picked the eighth round. I mean, that, that was after you already have Ingram, Gurley, and Hyde. I almost felt like the Ryan Matthews pick was a luxury pick. And if he had taken, because he didn't have a tight end, I know it was in the middle of a run. You don't want to finish a run. But had he taken Rudolph or Eifert there? Now, if he had, like, let's say he has Rudolph. So he has Rudolph and Fleener. Now, you can you can figure one of those guys is going to do something. And then even the quarterbacks, I mean, they're late, but they're fine. 
I mean, look at the team. If you if that if you just toss out Ryan Matthews, I think he's in really good shape at that point. How did we uh, did that football guys draft start? At, yep, uh, it filled. It started uh, 13 minutes ago. Who got the last spot? Do we know the person who got the last spot? I'm on the air, man. I don't know. I, don't know. I would have loved to announce that person on the air to say. I can, I can ask Alex and just throw. It's out. not a big deal. Yeah. I would just, if you knew, we'll it, find out in a bit. I will find out in a bit. Uh, John Friedland, uh, his team at the uh, nine spot. John Friedland, uh, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton are the quarterbacks. Matt Forte, Rashad Jennings, Isaiah Crowell, and Charles Sims are the running backs. Des Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins, Roddy White, Brandon LaFell, Percy Harvin, and Doug Baldwin playing receiver. Jason Witten and Heath Miller uh, are the tight ends on this squad. I. Can definitely get on board with the tight ends. I love the quarterbacks. Uh, the receivers, I think, leave a little bit to be desired. Oh, come on. What? You don't like them? Dozen Hopkins and Roddy LaFell. Well, you're He's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm not a, as big of a Hopkins guy as you. I'm definitely not a Roddy guy this year. I like the LaFell pick. And then Harvin and Baldwin late is just kind of like, ugh. Um, what? I mean, just curious. I mean, I'm not trying to advocate too much for Roddy. But what don't you like about Roddy White? He's coming. Okay, first of all, that offense really heavily targets the number one receiver. I read a report this week that oh. that the Falcons coaching staff, and again, I, I'm not putting too much into this. There's they said, or something was leaked out that they like Hankerson so much that he could end up being the number two over Roddy really? this year. Yeah. All right, so I have to read up on that. Okay. And then I think about owning Roddy White the last couple of years, and he was before that, he, he, he never he never missed a game. And then he was playing hurt, and he was playing crappy while he was hurt. It just was not fun owning Roddy White. And I just, I'm just not really excited about him being another year old and focusing on him as my, what is he, number three? Yeah. His number three receiver, you know? I thought the LaFell pick was good, but, I mean, going back to his team. You know, one, last year in uh, Hard Knocks, there's something about Roddy that uh, – it kind of struck me that he's kind of just was kind of just comfortable, like you know, like you're an old. He better. didn't have the hunger. Yeah, like you're a little bit older, and he's like, you know, he's like he's in camp, hanging out, goofing off. Right. Whereas Julio, I mean, he was coming back off an injury. Julio, he's still young, still trying to prove himself. Not that he needs to prove himself at all. It just seemed like Roddy was a little too uh, comfy. Uh-huh. By the way, uh, there you go. Uh, rubric. I say rubric. You, show. Said it yet, you don't you just did. So there you go. I was saving it to the end as like part of the grand finale. You might have. Sorry. So Roddy White in the seventh round. I mean, it's not like a stretch. Like, I don't think it was a reach pick. I just, I'm not a Roddy guy this year. So, okay. Back to this team. Uh, Quarterbacks are great. Running back depth. Running back depth. Running back depth is a huge issue. Uh, Kroll and Simmons could both be complete garbage. So he needs to keep popping out running backs wherever they may be at this point in the draft. Um, I really, I find you usually don't see the the Witten Heath Miller combo. It's almost like the same guy, <laughs> right? Like these Except old, for one of them's good. <laughs> you know, this old and it's not player. Jason Witten. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> old decrepit player that just gets tons of targets and right. You know, so yeah, it's kind of fun. It's a fun looking team. I like it. It is a fun looking team. We have a fun looking guest coming up on Friday night on our show, and that's FF Masterminds Mike Nazarek. Let's go through his team real briefly here. He uh, selects Matt Ryan and Carson Palmer as his quarterbacks. Arian Foster, TJ Yeldon, Chris Ivory, Garrett Blount, and Alfred Blue at running back. Split out wide, Julio Jones, Brandon Cook, Samari Cooper, Terrence Williams, and the tight ends, Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, and Eric Ebron. To me, I look at this team, and I think Mike Nazarick is not going to – he made a concerted effort to not get shut out at tight end, and he gets Olson, he gets Rudolph, he gets Ebron. Uh, you know, Ebron with – 
lot of upside. Rudolph with a significant amount of upside. And Greg Olson as the steady Eddie type guy that you know is going to put up top five stats. Um, so I really like the tight ends. The quarterbacks, I think, are fine as well. Um, running back, I'm a, you know, they're above, let's, let's they're above average because uh, <laughs> I really like the LeGarrette Blunt pick in the eighth. And Ivory actually could be really good too um, in that offense in, in, uh, in New York this year. Uh, I wish I would have liked to see a little bit more receiver depth. Julio Cooks and Cooper are fine as your top three, but it drops off to Terrence Williams and Malcolm after that. I would actually truly love this team. And I know that obviously I'm a big Bolden fan, but if, if he had tossed Chris Ivory and got rid of that pick and put Bolden in there, then you have Julio Cooks, Amari Cooper, Bolden, Terrence Williams, Malcolm Floyd. Bolden's your four, which is fantastic. And then you have Arian Foster, TJ Yeldon. Those are your top two backs. Garrett Blunt as like a steady, going to get a lot of carries, you know, type of guy on the, on the Patriots. They're probably going to be more of a running type team in those first four games. And just leaving yourself a little bit weaker at, at running back to make sure you have enough depth at receiver. That's the one uh, change I would make. And otherwise, this team is really well drafted. Yeah, in that scenario, Bolden becomes your number four receiver, but then Alfred Blue becomes your number four running back, which is yeah. So I mean, I, I get it, but it, it's like I, to me, you just receiver. You need receivers. You just right. need them. Yeah, you do. Definitely, you need them. Master Damas, that's Craig Master's team at the one eleven selection. Uh, Eli Manning and Philip Rivers are the quarterbacks. Marshawn Lynch, Jeremy Hill, Andre Ellington, David Johnson, Andre Williams at running back. Mike Evans, Quan Bolden, Charles Johnson, John Brown, and Brian Quick at receiver. Martellus Bennett, Zach Ertz are the tight ends, and he's also got the Seattle Seahawks defense and special teams on his squad as well. What do you think of Craig Mastro's team? You know, actually, let's talk about the defense. I think that's actually a lot of times people that take the first defense get ripped on. Right. Great pick. I think it's in the 14th round. Absolutely. It's like, all right, I'll take a defense. You guys don't want to take a defense? I'll take a defense. I'll take Seattle. And it's like, screw you guys. So great pick there. I think he actually, he redeemed himself quite well at receiver. I mean, Evans was a great value. And then he took a lot of those like kind of sexy high stakes, you know, Bolden, Charles Johnson, John Brown, Brian Quick. All those guys are the high stakes type of guys that have great potential to exceed their draft spots. Uh, I don't know if I would have gone Bennett and Earths, but the, the fact that he did and still came out okay, I think he did a great, a great job drafting. I like Craig Master's team. And to me, what this is evident is like you can tell like he's done a few deep sats yeah, already. Tell. Like yeah. he knows, you know, where players are going. And I think he did a good job of getting value where it fell to him. Uh, finally, uh, Scott Pianowski's team from Yahoo.com. He uh, takes uh, – he's got a lot of tight ends on this team. Tony Romo, Andy Dalton, Jay Cutler are his quarterbacks. The running back, C.J. Anderson, Lamar Miller, Doug Martin. That's it. Receivers. <laughs> Calvin, that's fine, Valky. Calvin Johnson, he's got three running backs through fifth, through 16 rounds. Okay? Just pointing that out. Calvin Johnson – Calvin Johnson, Jordan Matthews, Golden Tate, Sammy Watkins, Stevie Johnson, Cole Beasley at receiver, and then Jordan Cameron, Tyler Ivory, Charles Clay, and Michael Rivera at tight end. Dave, the uh, quarterbacks I'm in love with. The tight ends, I think, for waiting, he did a great job. Uh, the receivers, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not a Watkins guy, but, you know, Jordan you're, Matthews. You're a, you're a Stevie Johnson guy. Though. I am a Stevie Johnson guy. Cole Beasley, yeah, sign me up. Uh -huh. He, you know, on the football guys, um, Beasley. the football guys subscriber contest last year, I finished, I made it all the way to the end and I finished some, I think I finished in the top 200, you know, it's in, That's pretty good. there's like, I don't know, 17,000 people in it or whatever. But part of the reason, because Cole Beasley crushed it at yeah. the, end of the season yeah. for me, 
Um, so I, you know, I definitely like that guy. Uh, and you know, Calvin Jordan, Matthews, Tate, they're, they're fine as well. Um, but I, I don't think you want to talk about cojones. I would not have the stones to only have three running backs on my team after 16 rounds. You know, what's funny is actually, I, I do fundamentally disagree with you on that. I, I think that you know, maybe not three, um, Martin's the spiciest of the, of the bunch, right. of course. Um, but I think if you have three solid starting running backs and Lamar Miller, also, you're not hundred percent sure that he's going to keep that job. I mean, you think he probably will, but if you have three starting running backs and they're going to play, I think you're actually kind of D and if you're pounding the receiver, I think you're okay. In defense of Pianowski and my criticism that I have uh, another point to follow up, but go ahead. All right. I'll just say this about the running backs too. What have the guests that we've had call in that we're doing these drafts live? What have they all said? Well, you need to take a few swings here. You know, you, you kind of, in order to, to get the main event entry from these leagues, things kind of really have to work out for you in every possible way. And I think, you know, short suiting yourself, as it were, to borrow a Hart's term, um, to, uh, to, to leave yourself with only three running backs and be so dominant at, uh, at other positions, that can really work out for you. Balky, when has that ever worked out before? Well, the guy who won this competition last year drafted one tight end which was in an insane thing to do clinically insane thing to do and he won the whole thing so i think that there is something there is some strategy involved with only taking the three running backs thus far and seeing what happens you know my buddy kurt and Leroy, they do de in vegas right they've had a lot of success one two or three leagues i don't want to say always but they generally finish in the top three or four they've had a lot of success and they don't always do this, but I've seen it happen a lot of times where they have really super strong receivers and their running backs are a little bit weak. And then like, they'll, they'll talk about their team. They come over and watch games. It'll be like week 13 and they'll have one running back going. Like, 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 dude, you guys don't even have like, he's like, Oh, who cares? And there's like in second place. Like, Oh, we have Beckham for 40 or whatever. Like they have Calvin for 32 or something like that. So it's like, they're getting these monster performances from their awesome receivers. It's like, oh, so I didn't get 10 points from Joe Blow. Who cares? Mm-hmm. They, they don't care. So, like, my point is, look at guys like Alfred Blue. I missed on Alfred Blue or Charles Sims or Jay Ajahi or Don, Dan Heron. Who cares? They suck. They're not going right. to do nothing versus some of these other players. That actually, might, I mean, Charles Clay, Tyler Eifert, I mean, you can take a crappy running back or you can take guys who are going to play and actually contribute on your squad. Well, I mean, you could, but, I mean, we don't know who the successful running back are going to be and but they're gonna have to count on an injury for some of these later round running backs right. to, to do anything so if your de team is counting on injuries to be successful then you kind of have a problem i mean you need to have your receivers and your tight ends and intercourt you right. need those points right away right you do. otherwise you're behind the eight ball like 200 points in week seven you're like oh i i sure hope Miller gets hurt. But there was a lot of successful DE teams out there who drafted Justin Forsett late. And they, if they. I highly doubt that. How do you doubt that? He crushed it last year. He was a waiver guy. In a 28 round DE, he was still getting selected. After the. Let's look at somebody, how many great DE teams had Forsett on their team. You know, he wasn't even drafted in a lot of those. You know what I'm going to call that? Project Gerzak. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Uh, I'll tell you another guy who got drafted late in DEs last year that was very successful and instrumental and teams doing very well, Jarek McKinnon, your buddy. Yeah, he really didn't do all that well. You know, as much as I like to pivot, he didn't score any touchdowns. He goes in know, the – What about Asiata? I mean, he might have uh, had someone yeah. who got drafted. I don't know if Did he, he got drafted. drafted I don't think so. Uh, but Jarek McKinnon, I just want to point out, goes in the 16th round to Lance Shoup's team tonight. Who did draft Adrian Peterson? Oh, dude. So that is really good. Man, this guy is like playing with fire. He doesn't even care. He's like, I don't want him as backup. You're going to leave him that long. I'll take him. Yeah. Uh, and then there's uh, the 
Blade man, Robert Griffin going up 1704. <laughs> uh, we have about five minutes left in the broadcast, Dave. Final thoughts as we put a bow on the 2015 Pros versus Joes uh, sure. sessions. One real quick thought. I'd like to thank all the, all the drafters in this draft for being too gutless to call it. <laughs> so that's the first thing. They didn't want to be fricasseed, <laughs> right? Live here. No, I, I had a lot of fun, actually. All six of these drafts. There's these players, you know, we, I th thank the pros and thank the Joes yeah. for coming on. Yeah. And, They've been fantastic. Um, this is probably sounding really bad in the microphone, but I'm <laughs> clapping right now. I'm sure. Thank um, you to all the pros and all the Joes. It's uh, a lot of fun. Darren Armani. Um, yes. Thanks to him. Yep. I think he exchanged like one or two emails with Darren Armani. So he, <laughs> yeah. he spent like four or five minutes. I know in truth, though, Alex right. helps Darren uh, with the pros. Uh, he talks about the guys he likes and doesn't like. He's like, I'm not having that guy. <laughs> all right, let's get this guy. And he's cool. So, like, that's what those guys do. So, you know, Alex did a great job. And um, I don't know, it's been fun. It has been fun. We we uh, want to thank, I want to thank all the listeners and the watchers on, on YouTube and listening into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, we would not want to do this if we didn't have uh, the, the support and uh, the listenership and you guys giving up your time to hang out with us and talk fantasy and watch a live draft. Very, very exciting uh, to always have you guys joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll see many of you out in Vegas. Uh, and if you want more of live drafts for the 2015 season, you are in luck because a week from Friday, we broadcast a Football Guys Play Championship draft live. That's August 7th will be the live HSFF hour uh, broadcast. We're going to cover two hours of a live, of a oh, real money Football Guys draft. That's be the best two days of my life. That, that was, yes, that will be a lot of fun. Right after the Trump debate on the 6th. Yes. It, I don't know how you're going to come down from it. You'll be on no sleep. <laughs> That'll so, be the highest rated debate ever. It probably will be. August 10th, uh, if you can uh, come down off your Trump high, we'll be broadcasting a HSFF Hour Draft live uh, on the air that night. We actually go on an hour early, so we'll be on at 9, 8 Central for two hours that night. Cool. Uh, before that Friday comes, we have a show this Friday. For those of you listening for the first time, 10, 9 Central every Friday, we're going to have Mike Nazarick, who drafted in the Pros vs. Joes contest tonight. Excuse me. He's going to be our guest at 10-9 Central this Friday. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk to him about this draft. We're going to talk to him about the FF Mastermind website and everything that he's got offered there. A lot of great stuff. I can't believe we've never had Nazarick on the show before. I, I, I can't believe it either. He actually did his first podcast of the year tonight at 5 o'clock, uh, or I think it was 5 Eastern yeah, time. It was a half hour. Uh, correct. But he's, is he by himself? He's probably by himself. Well, I, think he had, I think he has a, another guy on it. But he did. I'm planning on listening to it tomorrow. He did his first podcast of the year. And you will be on his podcast next week. If, yes. Sitting in. You made big time uh, being on the FF Mastermind podcast next week. I invite everybody to check that ten, out. Ten minutes of, of Gerza. Download it on iTunes. It's all I can handle. <laughs> this is uh, poor bulky. Yeah. I, I also, uh, in addition, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank our uh, mutual friend and producer, Ryan Court, our audio engineer, Bryce, who gave up a lot of their free time on the, uh, on the, on the uh, Bros vs. Joe's broadcast this week. That uh, was very awesome, you guys. I want to thank Hyundai, Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC, uh, and, of course, again, to Darren Armani. Thanks to all the listeners. You guys were awesome for the Pros vs. A lot of fun. Remember... Friday night, 10, 9 central, Mike Nazarick joins the show. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk about all the news. We're going to announce another uh, potential uh, semifinalist for the Ascendant. We got rid of Justin Forsett off it tonight. We'll announce another one coming up on Friday night with Mike Nazarick. Thanks to Dave.
Nerzak. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to Darren Armani. Thanks to all the pros, all the Joes. Check out all their stuff on their websites this season. They'll help you win. And your Wednesday officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. You don't stop.